Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, the World Juniors. Hi, this is uh, Spencer Knight. This is Matt Boldy. Hey guys, this is Cam York from Team USA. Hello, this is Tim Stutzler. Hi, my name is Noel Gunnler. I'm Alexander Holtz of the Team Sweden. Hey, I'm Dylan Cousins. Hey, it's Phil Tomasino. Hi, this is Devin Levi. Major Junior. Looks back to the point, turns, fires, scores! What a shot! First OHO goal for Shane Wright. Right circle, shot, scores! Connor Bedard has arrived here at the Brad Center, is first in the Western Hockey League. NCAA. Save! Watch out! Watch out! UMass are national champions! The NHL Draft. I am Slash and Kosa. This is Don Gunther of the Emmett Snow Kings. This is Luna McLoom from UGarn here. Hi, I'm Brent Clark. Hi, uh, this is Matt Coronado from the Chicago Steel. It's Zachary LaRue from the Halifax Moosehead. Hey, it's Paul Stones with a two-fall stampede. This is Fabian LaSalle. I play for Lulio. Hey, it's Corson Kuhlman from Brooks Bandit. Hi, this is Chaz Lucius. This is Logan Sandkoven. I play for the Camels Blazers. It's just Wolfis from uh, Lulio Hockey. And more. Bring it! This is the Pipeline Show. For the first time in over three years, we have a Memorial Cup. Welcome to the Pipeline Show, everyone. Gee Flaming with you. Quick shout out to everyone who has been signing up to be a patron here as of late. There has been a flurry of activity as we get to one of the uh, marquee moments on the calendar. All patrons get early access to all the interviews that you hear on a full episode of the Pipeline Show. Usually about uh, half an hour, an hour after the interview is actually conducted. I have time to edit it. Make it sound good, add the music and the you know the elements going in and out of the end of the interviews and uh, some comments after the interview. Put all that together and upload it to the page at patreon.com slash the pipeline show. And patrons can access that shortly after the interview is complete. Then I compile everything and add this uh, opening segment and uh, release a full episode at the end of the week. But some of those individual segments have been available for patrons for two, three, sometimes as many as four days. And that's one of the, that's, I would say, the biggest perk uh, to becoming a patron. Costs a couple of bucks a month, uh, and that support is uh, greatly, greatly appreciated by me. If you find value in the the Pipeline show and and what I do, and have been doing since 2006, uh, that's a way that uh, you can ensure that I'm able to keep doing the Pipeline show. The program is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It is Alberta's best beef jerky, and I dare say it's the best beef jerky that you've ever had or the best beef jerky that you've never had if you haven't had it yet. There are two locations, both of them just in the uh, outskirts of Edmonton, one to the west in Spruce Grove, one to the south in Leduc, and you can go there and pick up uh, as much beef jerky as you can handle. But if you are in western Canada, maybe you're not going to make that drive in from you know, Yellowknife or from uh, Winnipeg or something like that or from Vancouver. Well, the good news is any order, any size, anywhere, they will ship it to you in Western Canada. Just contact Trent at the location out of Leduc and uh, they will take care of your order. You can actually order it right online and it will come to you vacuum sealed, absolutely fresh on delivery. You're going to open the pouch and the aroma of the jerky is going to just hit your senses, and your mouth is going to instantly start watering. I promise you, it's the best beef jerky you've ever had. All right, the news and notes segment this week going to be very, very short because there's uh, only one real news item 
on tap for us, and that is the return of the Memorial Cup. It's the last time we had a Memorial Cup, Halifax, back in May of 2019. So it's over three years later, and we finally have a Memorial Cup again this year. In case you've been living under a rock, it's in St. John, New Brunswick, with the St. John Sea Dogs playing host uh, this year to the three CHL champions, the Shawinigan Cataract champions from the Q. The OHL champ are the Hamilton Bulldogs after they finished off the Windsor Spitfires on uh, this past Wednesday night. Seven-game series. Kudos to the Spitfires uh, for giving Hamilton all they could handle. And out west in the WHL, the Edmonton Oil Kings outlasted the Seattle Thunderbirds. That was a six-game series. Four of those six games were played in Edmonton because of a scheduling conflict uh, with the uh, home rink of the Seattle Thunderbirds. From what I'm told... It's a couple different stories that I'm hearing, but back in, you know, last summer when the venues are booking events, well, nobody's expecting WHL hockey to be still being played in June. Uh, so the venue was booked. Uh, now, I've heard that it was booked for high school graduation ceremonies, which on a Monday, it ended up being a Monday night game. That uh, seems weird to me, so that didn't make sense, but I heard that multiple times that it was for graduation ceremonies. And the other reason I was told was that there was a Slipknot concert. I, I don't know what the truth is. I don't think it really matters. The building was not available. The ice had been removed from what uh, I understand. And that was the same. Uh, there were people who said, well, why didn't they just go play uh, in uh, Everett? Where, you know, it's 40 miles up the road or something. Uh, there's no ice. No ice at any of the buildings in Washington State in June. Maybe they could play where the Seattle Kraken play. Well, I'm told there was no ice, that the ice had been taken out. So that's the situation. There are people who were uh, arguing that it was unfair and that uh, the Oil Kings were able to take advantage of that situation. And, and it's not really the Oil Kings' fault, but uh, they do win Game 6 as the road team, but playing at home in front of their crowd. It was a little unusual uh, the way the, the scheduling worked out. But Edmonton, uh, full credit for the victory. Probably the biggest news going into the Memorial Cup was uh, announced yesterday as a beat reporter out of Arizona tweeted that uh, Edmonton Oil Kings forward Dylan Gunther, who is an Arizona Coyotes prospect, and that's why he was on the radar for this uh, beat reporter, whose name I should have, that'd be Craig Morgan from uh, Phoenix Sports, uh, tweeted yesterday that uh, Dylan Gunther will not play in the Memorial Cup. Obviously uh, a big blow for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Now, he didn't play for most of the series against the Seattle Thunderbirds, went down to injury. It's a lower body injury, uh, but uh, even in the celebration for winning the WHL championship in the Ed Chinoth Cup, uh, he was on the ice with his teammates celebrating, but uh, wearing a leg brace. Not a cast, but a leg brace. Uh, but I know there was, uh, there was hope that he'd be able to play in St. John, but uh, that not going to be the case. And could he play? I don't know. Uh, it could be a case of uh, the Arizona Coyotes saying, listen, uh, NHL training camp is just a couple of months away. <laughs> Potentially, you have the World Junior Championship, the 2022 version that was supposed to play in uh, this past Christmas that uh, started and then stopped. Well, they're redoing that again in August, so potentially he could be involved in that. And so maybe this is a decision made by the Arizona Coyotes. I don't know. Regardless, it is a loss for the Edmonton Oil Kings now. The Hamilton Bulldogs have been without their captain uh, for uh, the last series as well. That'd be Colton Kamara, 20-year-old defenseman. 
Uh, I don't know the details of uh, what his injury is, but he, like Gunther, was also on the ice uh, for the trophy ceremony at the end of the OHL championship, uh, but have not heard if he will be in or out uh, now that the scene has shifted to St. John. I'm sure if he can play, he will, but something to watch for uh, for both Edmonton and Hamilton. All right, I put it, the question of the day on uh, Twitter midway through this past week, and I let it was a poll, and I let it sit for three days because I wanted to get as many uh, eyeballs on it and votes on it as I could. Real simple, who's going to win the Memorial Cup? Uh, I was a little surprised, and maybe I shouldn't be, but, uh, you know, regional bias, perhaps. I am in Edmonton. The audience uh, for the Pipeline show probably starts and spreads out from Edmonton. Uh, but the Edmonton Oil Kings, the heavy, heavy favorites uh, by those who uh, took time to vote in the poll, just under 70%, 69.5% have picked the Oil Kings to win. Next would be the Hamilton Bulldogs at 21.3%. The champs from the queue, Shawinigan, uh, at just 6.2%, and nobody uh, seems to be uh, thinking that the St. John Sea Dogs uh, have much of a chance. They're listed at 3.1%. I will have my prediction for the tournament at the end of the show. I'll have uh, a final guest. We'll get his prediction uh, during our conversation and afterwards before I end the uh, this week's episode. I'll share my thoughts on uh, the Memorial Cup, and I'll also offer up an MVP from all four teams. All my guests this week will join me via the Troubled Monk hotline. The Troubled Monk Brewery is open. You can go in and check out the tap room and sit down and have some exclusive uh, beverages that are available just on tap there. If your favorite liquor store in Alberta doesn't carry Troubled Monk already, and they should be, you can demand that they do. It's available to them anywhere in Alberta. Perhaps you just want to order it yourself. You can pick up in three different locations, in Red Deer, right at the Tap Room, or in Edmonton at the Bountiful Farmer's Market, or in Calgary at the Calgary Farmer's Market. All you do is you go to troubledmonk.com shop, place your order online right there, and then pick up at those three convenient locations. But like if you're in Medicine Hat, or Lethbridge, or Grand Prairie, or Fort Mac, you're probably not going to drive in just to pick up beer. Stock your uh, favorite liquor store. If they don't have Troubled Monk already, they can get it. You can try varieties like the Juicy Gossip New England IPA or the Daycation Lager. There's also a variety of soda that you can get. Saskatoon Berry Soda, Orange Soda, which my son is a big fan of. Ginger Ale, which my wife is a big fan of. The newest craft beer uh, to give uh, a try to, it would be the Copper Italian Pilsner and I have not tried that one yet. Go to troubledmonk.com slash shop and get your order in today. All right, well, you know this is a big show because it's the one right before the Memorial Cup. Traditionally, it's our Memorial Cup preview show. Most years, what we used to do, especially on radio, was get the coaches of all four teams on the show to preview the event from their team's perspective. We've moved away from just only doing coaches. We've had the four play-by-play guys on. This year, we're going with the general managers. So here is who is on tap and uh, the order that we will go. We're going to start with the hosts, and that would be the St. John Sea Dogs. The general manager has been on the program before. His name is Trevor Georgie. Lots to talk about with Trevor. It's the longest of the of the four segments with the uh, general managers. His is the longest because he's the host. We want to talk a little bit about you know, activities around St. John, what the buzz is like. Those are questions that I can only give to him and not really for the other GM. So his segment is the longest. 
uh, but we'll focus mostly on the team so that uh, those outside of the St. John market and outside of the queue uh, can uh, know what to expect when they see the Sea Dogs on the ice. Next up, we'll uh, go with Kurt Hill, the general manager of the WHL champion Edmonton Oil Kings. After that, Martin Mondu, the Shawinigan Cataracts general manager, will join me. And we'll close out the GM list with uh, Steve Steos, longtime NHLer. He's from Hamilton and is now the general manager of the Hamilton Bulldogs. But we're not done there. We've got one more segment to close things out. Wanted to get an in unbiased media perspective. And uh, Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News is my guest to do that. And we'll get his predictions of uh, what he expects at the Memorial Cup. And we'll end it with my predictions. So lots to get to. But before I do, uh, I do have one interview that's uh, already done, was supposed to be this week earlier. My, my initial plan was to have a shorter show that would come out like this past Wednesday. Uh, and I had one player, a draft spotlight that was complete. And uh, patrons know all about that because they've been able to hear that interview now for like five days. Uh, David Goyette of the Sudbury Wolves is that player. So that interview is done. If you're a patron, you can hear it right now. Uh, but I'm going to push that to next week uh, to include it in next week's episode because the Memorial Cup will be ongoing and to record an interview on Tuesday when an episode comes out on a Friday doesn't really make sense because it will be dated. So next week's show will be, you know, I'll talk about the Memorial Cup and what's happening. We might have one guest later in the week, uh, but there'll be a, I have planned two or three 2022 draft spotlight segments. David Goyette's interview will be one of them. And I have invites out to three other players at the moment, which uh, if they come together, I'll record those with those players, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. And then we'll put the next week's show all together uh, for the end of next week. So I have promoted the David Goyette interview on Twitter earlier when it first came out. And of course, patrons know about it. So if you're wondering where that interview is, it's coming. It'll be part of next week's episode. Before we kick it off, reminder that Pro Stock Hockey is your online source for authentic Pro Stock Hockey equipment, whether it's sticks or gloves or any of the various uh, padding that you need to have so you can play the greatest game. Go to ProStockHockey.com, just checking out their Twitter feed, at Pro Stock Hockey. They just received pads and gloves and blockers and more protective gear from the Columbus Blue Jackets. A few days ago, they got new jerseys and socks from the Arizona Coyotes. Sweaters are also available in many different sizes, according to their Twitter feed. So check them out at ProStockHockey.com. All right, when we come back, it will be time to kick off the 2022 Memorial Cup preview show with the president and general manager of the St. John Sea Dogs, Trevor Georgie, kicks things off next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Sea Dogs are 0 for 1 on the man advantage. Here's Shabbat through center. He's hit through the middle. Nice move. He's in a left scores! Thomas Shabbat goes coast to coast for a power play goal in a 2-2 game. My name is Thomas Shabbat. I'm playing for the St. John Sea Dogs. And you're listening to the Pipeline Show.
Since 1965, Wilhawk Beef Jerky has provided fresh, top-quality beef jerky made with 100% Alberta beef. From your very first bite, you'll understand that real jerky isn't found at the convenience store. It's tender, full of flavor, with just a hint of subtle spices. Wilhawk's jerky is aged, seasoned, and marinated to lock in the flavors, and then smoked to perfection. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Try for yourself. Search W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Oh, that's greasy. That's really greasy. That's greasy. We are back on The Pipeline Show, and this week uh, it is our Memorial Cup preview show. And in years past, we've uh, had the four coaches on. We've had uh, four uh, play-by-play guys on uh, the show in other years, and this year we're going with the general managers. Uh, reminder, the Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Go to W-I-L-H-A-U-K, WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Anywhere in Western Canada, you can have an order uh, shipped to you any size anywhere in Western Canada, so you don't have to make the drive into Alberta, but it is Alberta's best beef jerky. Our first stop is with the host team. That would be the St. John Sea Dogs in beautiful St. John, New Brunswick. And that means my guest is the president and general manager of the Sea Dogs. Welcome back to the Pipeline Show. It's Trevor Georgie. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing really well. Looking forward to this tournament. Uh, I I was telling you before we started, four great teams. Uh, I think the competition is going to be top-notch this year. And, man, doesn't it feel good? We're talking about Memorial Cup after the last three years of no playoffs. It, it it absolutely does. I will first say that you've in your introduction you've sold me on this beef jerky, <laughs> but then it only delivers to Western Canada. Yep. So uh, not fair that you have uh, a uh, a maritimer on your show and 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 uh, get me excited about that because I do love beef jerky. Well, I'll I'll try to pull some strings for you. How about that? If you can, yes, yeah, so send some send some our way. All right, for the folks here in Saint John, would all really appreciate it. But yeah, really excited with the Memorial Cup. Uh, coming up, it's been a, it's been a long journey. First one since the the pandemic, and um, it's uh, gearing up to be the biggest Memorial Cup uh, in uh, in its history in terms of the programming and events and all all that's coming um, together around it. So yeah, very excited uh, to get that going. Well, since the announcement was made that you, that you would be the host team, um, I imagine the, there's been a buzz uh, through St. John for this event, and now that it's you know we're just days away, and by the time this airs. Uh, be just a couple of days away from the tournament starting. What's the atmosphere like in St. John right now? It's uh, it's really coming together, and uh, there's and there's a lot of excitement. St. John has wanted this uh, for a long time, and I know that um, I know for the region, um, you know, the impact of uh, of tourism without having uh, you know having very limited travel during the pandemic has been so tough. So from a hockey perspective, everyone's really excited because they've, they've wanted it for so long. The community really deserves it. And now, uh, from a uh, you know, from a tourism perspective, to see you know the the banners up and the hotels full and the restaurants that don't have reservations and uh, everything coming together, it's uh, uh, it's really really exciting. Feels like feels like Christmas Eve. And I know throughout the course of the season, I mean, you're building up to this to be a host, and you don't want to be a host that is only there because you're the host. You want to be a a contender for sure. I remember on trade deadline day. Your club made five big deals, uh, right? Uh, I think the last might have been the last five deals of the entire uh, schedule there for the for the queue. Tell me about the moves that you made. Why you, you felt like you needed to make them, and has it worked for you? 
Yeah, we, um, you know, we didn't want to, we, we spent so much time, we spent four years building this team since that 2018 draft with our, with our 2002 based core. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we knew we'd loaded up, um, over the years on draft picks and young assets and, and, uh, and players that, uh, we felt could put us, um, in a position to, uh, upgrade our team when the time came. And, uh, so we did that. Uh, we didn't want to have any regrets. We didn't want to sit on, uh, building up a war chest and not use it uh, at the time when um, it, it counted most. So we made you know five uh, really significant deals. Um, you know our team post Christmas um, uh, had you know to- I think most NHL drafted players I think tied maybe with uh, maybe with uh, the Oil Kings we had eight we had eight NHL drafted players uh, on our team and um, in the second half it was a tremendous second half and it finished with a. 15 game winning streak. I think they had the best winning percentage in, in the CHL or close to it in the second half. So really pleased with our, the second half of our group. Um, but um, we were certainly uh, you know, really disappointed with our, our first round exit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's disappointing. And um, as we've said for the past month, um, you know, no one feels worse about it than us, but uh, um, we made some adjustments. We brought in a new coach uh, who's got a lot of experience in tournaments. And uh, he's uh, he's got the team well prepared uh, for what they're about to face here in the coming days. Well, you knew I was going to mention the the coaching change in that decision. Uh, you know, you have to understand from an outside perspective, you, you make a coaching change like that three weeks before the Memorial Cup. It's going to raise some eyebrows. Uh, why did you feel that was the the necessary move for your club to have success in the in the Memorial Cup? Yeah, well, if anyone that's followed our team the last uh, number of years, you know, we're not too fussed about the outside perspective. Uh, uh, things you know for us, um, you know we do things uh, differently at times, and as uh, you know, if we didn't do things differently, um, we wouldn't be hosting the Memorial Cup because uh, you know a lot of our bid and building this team got us to this point. So you know we really think through our decisions and uh, and discuss them at length and look okay what you know forget optics what you know what is the best what gives us the best chance. Um, you have uh, the best outcome and uh, you know at, you know for us it's, it's you know it's hard making a coaching change because uh, you know there's a, there's a human element um, and of course you never like to see someone lose their job but at the same time there's uh, you know 26 other humans and, and young men on our team that we need to look out for and everyone else in the organization everyone else in the region that we also owe it to to put our best foot forward and, and we felt that that was the right thing to do we wanted the players to come back with a renewed sense of kind of energy and uh, positivity and optimism uh, because it's so hard as, as you know losing losing like that so um gardner's brought that um he's you know uh, arguably well not arguably one's one of the winningest coaches active coaches in the country he's won seven national championships uh so lots of tournament experience and um and uh you know, the team has really turned the page quickly and um has been working really hard and working hard with a smile on their face, which, uh, which is really great to see. Now that new head coach, you mentioned Gardner, his name is Gardner McDougall. For those who uh, aren't up to speed just yet, he's been coaching at the university of New Brunswick for like the last two decades. And as you mentioned, has won a ton of national championships. So he's no stranger to national tournaments. That's for sure. He's never coached at the major junior level though. Is that going to be a, a bit of a, an adjustment for him? Um, I, we don't think so. We haven't seen it uh, yet. I actually think you know Gardner's style. He's a, he's a motivator, and I think a lot of his style actually applies, um, maybe possibly better uh, at the major junior level than even at the at the uh, CIS level. And you know, I've spoken to a number of uh, players that have played here in St. John and also played for him at UNB, 
and you know they felt that uh, his style would really translate well to this level, and uh, they've certainly been correct in that assessment. The other thing is uh, Gardner's always recruiting, and mm-hmm. so um, you know his program already filled with CHL talent, filled with QMJHL talent, and uh, you know has had a lot of Sea uh, Dogs over the years. Very familiar with our program and very familiar with the competition, so the learning curve was, uh, you know, was not uh, nearly as steep as, as most would suspect uh, without knowing that. Trevor George is the president and the general manager of the St. John Sea Dogs. My guest here on the Pipeline Show as we look ahead to the Memorial Cup. Uh, one of the other additions you made to the executive staff was uh, the addition of Rocky Thompson as Memorial Cup advisor. Now we know Rocky really well here. He was a coach with the Edmonton Oil Kings and a player with the Edmonton Roadrunners, and we have a pretty good relationship, and he had a lot of success in Windsor. So he's coached in the WHL and the OHL, and now he's in the queue. I don't know what that role, though, is. What is a Memorial Cup advisor? What does he actually do for you? Yeah, good question. So Rocky um, Rocky and I both have ties to Windsor. I uh, actually interned with the Spitfires when I broke into uh, my first sports job uh, years ago. Mm. And um, uh, Rocky, obviously... um, beat us in the Memorial Cup uh, in 2017 when uh, when I got to return to Windsor with my own team and and uh, and, and they, uh, they they beat us that year. So what we did is after we were eliminated, we looked and said, okay, well, who has experienced um, this before and who's helped contribute in a positive way um, and who, who can uh, help guide us in terms of, um, you know, sharing some of the learnings that they, they have from that experience. So, it's a very short list, um, but uh, you know, we spoke with a number of different folks, including Bob Hartley, that uh, assisted with uh, Shewin again when they were eliminated in the second round in, in 2012. And Rocky um, and I had uh, chatted. And Rocky uh, in 2017 knocked out in the first round of the London Knights, um, and then in Windsor and it goes on to win the tournament. And so that experience is super valuable and uh, very hard to replace if you haven't been through it. So uh, Rocky. Um, you know, obviously the schedule and planning and program that he put into place for the Spits worked for him. Mm-hmm. And we wanted, uh, so he's been working with us at, at, at distance, um, uh, you know, working with the coaches, working with myself, and uh, and really helping guide us. And, um, you know, some of that's just a wonderful resource to bounce ideas off of as well because uh, he's been through it. And it certainly he saved us a lot of time and, and uh, has certainly helped us prepare. Super smart guy too off the ice, and just such a, a difference from when he was a player on that. He just looked like a lunatic with his you know days with the Calgary Flames and all through the minors, and uh, we saw him here in Edmonton with the Roadrunners. I mean, he had a blue mohawk for God's sake at the, at the time. Oh and, yeah, uh, he's just so different off the ice, and just uh, I think that's a, a great addition for your club. All right, so there's the last three weeks uh, since you made these changes, basically like a, a whole new training camp for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's very similar to a training camp vibe, right? Like there's a few, there's a few things that, um, you know, there's obviously, there's obvious disadvantages to being eliminated, uh, early, right. uh, but there are some obvious advantages, uh, too. And one of those is preparation. One of them is, um, you know, the health and rest of your players and so, and conditioning of your players. So, um, you know, we certainly are trying to take advantage of, uh, of, you know, of the silver lining and take advantage of, of those two things. But uh, certainly like a training camp, I'd say in, in a really good way, um, when you think about training camp and a new coach, you have a whole group of players, you know, trying to really impress the new coach and, um, and, the, and the effort level is very, very high as everyone's trying to uh, kind of earn their spot in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the hierarchy of the team. And 
um, you know, I've been really proud of the group, uh, what they've done the last few weeks, because it could have been um, a real, you know, drag of an environment, but it's been anything but that. You pointed out, I mean, there's one way to look at it. You got all the rest now. You're going to be the, the most rested team. One person's rest is another person's rust. Um, so how do you avoid that? How do you take advantage of the time off without getting, you know, behind uh, everybody else has been playing high pace and, and impactful games for the last month while you guys haven't been? How do you balance that? Yeah, good question. So Garner's practices are very high tempo. Um, I'd say they're the, the highest uh, tempo that I've seen in my, my six years with the team. Um, his expectations and our expectations as a team in the gym have been very, very high. So they're uh, certainly working. Uh, they're working very hard. Um, and we've had some scrimmages uh, with players, university players, and and um, you know pro players to um, give our our players the opportunity to compete um, against someone someone not wearing a Sea Dog sweater. And that's been um, that's been good as well. You know, certainly doesn't replicate the uh, experience that uh, you know is playing in a game seven like Hamilton and Windsor yesterday night. But um, but we do our best to simulate it. So uh, it's not a perfect science. We've certainly uh, put a lot of thought and uh, and energy into the plan. And um, and um, you know, win, lose, or draw, I'm going to be you know really proud of this group of what they've uh, what they've accomplished and what they've uh, put into this here. It's not going to be for lack of effort. Well, Trevor, let's uh, look at the team, uh, and uh, we'll start in net. Uh, your goaltender, you acquired him at the trade deadline, and uh, Thomas Couture? Yeah, Couture, exactly. All right, well, the 925 save percentage in the 22 games he played with you, that's terrific, 199 goals against average. Uh, faltered a little bit in the playoffs, but uh, is he your guy moving forward, or, I mean, you've got other options, too? Yeah, I know, fortunately for us, we actually have three really good goalies. So, mm-hmm. one, I mean, Thomas Couture uh, obviously had a, had a tremendous year. He played against us earlier in the year, and really stole the game and I, I remember kind of making a note okay let's let's keep an eye on him and at Christmas we wanted to go get him you know he's just he's uh um he competes and, and and he was really solid for us in big games down the stretch uh the other goal we have with us is Nicolas and Nicholas um actually won the president cup last year uh, with the Victoriaville Tigers so he was um the backup and then took over the reins in the playoffs and and uh, wasn't that to lead them lead them to the championship? So he has that experience of uh, you know hoisting a, a cup over his head. So um, and then we also have um, uh, Noah Patnode, who's a uh, Swiss uh, national team goalie. He's got he's dual citizen, so he's Canadian, but he uh, you know was a uh, uh, you know part of uh, the Swiss uh, World Juniors team, and uh, he was having a great uh, first half of the year until an injury. Is really coming on uh, in in the fall, and so we're we're spoiled for choice there with mm-hmm. three three uh, you know three starters in our league all all in the organization, and uh, you know that's a decision that uh, I'll leave up to I'll leave up to Gardner uh, on what uh, what direction he he chooses to go, and uh, that's a coaching decision, not a GM decision. Um, I'm sure whoever he picks, uh, he'll make the right choice. All right, uh, two undersized guys. They eh? just listed at five ten. Quite the difference from you know what you'll see with uh, Sebastian Costa with the Oil Kings. Where he's six seven. A little different. No question about it. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're smaller guys. They're competitors. You know, Noah Patnode is um, is probably about six two now, but uh, yeah, certainly certainly smaller uh, um, 
smaller uh, by uh, by frame, but not uh, not by heart. All right, uh, your defensive core. You got three guys uh, who have uh, ties to the NHL: Yan Kuznetsov and, and Jeremy Poirier with the Calgary Flames, and William Villeneuve with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I believe he was named to what second team uh, All Star in the queue this year. So you got a pretty strong defensive grouping. How do you sort of uh, uh, describe them as a core? Your top six. What's what's their identity like? Yeah, there's a mix. There's a there's a real mix in that top six. So. Uh, you know, Vilnev, uh, obviously, at draft pick and Poirier. Uh, you know, um, Vilnev, I would say, is more of a two-way defenseman that has some offensive, offensive, uh, you know, in, in good offensive instincts. Uh, makes a great first pass. Uh, Jeremy Poirier is arguably the, uh, the most pure offensive defenseman in the CHL. Uh, tremendously gifted. Um, best hands I've seen in in uh, my six years here, we've had some really good players come through here, and that's including the opposition. Like really, uh, the, the, the pure, you know his pure skill is is off the charts. Um, Vincent Sevigny uh, is our captain, and he won the cup last year with uh, with Victoriaville. Uh, he's been to Leafs camp, he's been to Senators camp. I believe he was in camp with the LA Kings. Um, just a great presence, and his dad Pierre Sevigny, you know, former pro, uh, Jan Kuznetsov, big, strong. Um, very, uh, very strong defensively, uh, great skater. We saw him here at the under 17s when they were in St. John and, uh, we had circled him on the, uh, on the sheet saying, you know, at some point we need to get this guy because, uh, you know, he's quite, uh, he's quite, uh, you know, he's, he's quite a, a big rig back there that can, that can really defend. And then, um, and then, um, you know, our top six, you know, Charlie DeRush was invited to Buffalo Sabres camp, mobile, uh, block shot. A two-way defenseman, uh, good skater, and um, and uh, just a really salt of the earth uh, human. And Nathan Drapeau, who's just 17 years old in his second year in the league, but um, you know, physical, uh, works hard, and uh, so we have a mix. I'd say we have a, with a mix of, uh, but we're certainly we're mobile, we're active, and um, and uh, it's uh, it's a group that um, certainly can generate a lot of offense. We have actually this past year, Villeneuve and Quarry in particular, you know, eclipsed uh, records uh, previously held by none other than Thomas Shabbat in our in our league, so in our uh, in our team. So those are some some good company to be around. Uh, no question, very impressive there. All right, with your forward group, uh, I think a lot of conversation will start with uh, William Dufour and the the season that he had: fifty six goals, one hundred and sixteen points in just sixty six games. But you are far from a one man uh, forward a group. You're not even a one line team. You can't win. Uh, a Memorial Cup as a one-line team, I don't think, and uh, that certainly uh, would not describe your club as a one-line team. Uh, tell me about your forward group, but maybe start with Dufour. And did you see a big season like this uh, coming from him at the start of the year? Um, at the start of the year, so short answer, we did. I don't. We certainly didn't want to publicize that at the start <laughs> of the year. We didn't put, want to put that pressure on on Will. I know it. Um, you know, publicly, I think we had said that. Um, you know, I thought he could scratch a surface at 40 goals. But I remember at the start of the year saying to Will, you know, we're really expecting 50 from you. Hmm. And uh, he did. He eclipsed that. So, um, you know, you certainly don't want to put that pressure on him. But, uh, you know, he's met and exceeded our expectations. Um, you know, just a, a big, strong, uh, big, strong uh, forward with a tremendous shot. And um, he's he's been excellent. Um, you know, Philip Dau from the uh, Ottawa Senators, he started the year in the American Hockey League and came back at Christmas. And we were able to acquire him in a trade, and he's you know, just great vision, you know, silky smooth, 
um, you know, can score, can distribute, um, plays power play, plays penalty kill, and does a bit of everything. Uh, Josh Lawrence, you know, we drafted him as a, uh, as a 16 year old and, uh, you know, had over a hundred points this year. Um, you know, great on faceoffs, a great skater. Um, Brady Burns, uh, as well, you know, really, really crafty. Um, and then, you know, different players to, to mix it up and to bring, you know, different elements. You know, guys like Cam McDonald, who's drafted by Tampa and Riley Bezo, um, and, uh, and Olivier Picard and Connor Trenholm, you know, these guys that bring a, a physical element. So we really, and, uh, and I, I forget maybe our, our best two way players, Ravis Christian Jansen, who's a Pittsburgh prospect uh, mm-hmm. signed with them. So, um, and that, you know, so there's a, there's a list there. And I know I haven't did mention Peter Reynolds, who was at Columbus Blue Jackets camp. And I didn't mention Ryan Francis, who was drafted by the Calgary Flames and, uh, you know, former first round pick in our league, Marshall Lassard, you know, the list goes on of guys, but we've really been built on our depth. You know, it takes a team uh, to win a championship and you can sometimes shorten a bench, but uh, it really takes your, you know, we're, we're going to win and lose on our, on our depth. And I, I really we want to make sure that, uh, we had uh, had lots of it because um, you know these tournaments and uh, these tournaments are tough to win and need everyone to contribute. You got a lot of size in your blue line. I would suggest your your forward group is maybe average size, and some of your star players a little bit under average size. Is that by design at all, or is it a concern uh, coming into an event like this where you're probably the the teams you're going to be lined up against might be bigger than you up front? Yeah, a few of uh, a few of our uh, forwards uh, when we drafted them, you know, part of you know, not the sole reason, but something that entered into our thought process was um, forwards that are a bit that are undersized or considered to be undersized um, would most likely still be in the league at 19, right? Um, because obviously uh, players that um, are made more physically mature uh, can have a higher likelihood of stepping into to pro. And so for us, that entered into our our thought process a bit. The guys we drafted or, or acquired early on. Um, but certainly at Christmas, you know, we look to add, uh, you know, more size and, uh, and strength, um, you know, by picking through the league and saying, okay, who's, who's still here and, uh, and who can contribute in that, in that kind of way. So, um, you know, that hasn't been an, imp- uh, an issue for us, uh, this past year. And, um, you know, with, with these players able to produce, but, um, uh, you know, I guess we certainly hope it's not an issue in the, in the Memorial Cup tournament, but, uh, I think we have a good mix and, uh, you know, we're fast and, um, I think we print, I think if we can play fast, uh, the size factor won't, uh, I won't be as critical. Trevor, when I look at your roster, I, I believe I counted 17 skaters who are either 2001 or 2002 born, uh, and all three of your goalies are 2002 born. So out of all of that group, only, you can only have three of them on your roster next year. So this, this is really, you're all in right now. And, is it fair to say the next couple of years might be a, a bit of a rebuild? Yeah, I mean, certainly will be. Um, certainly will be. Uh, you know, we if of any team, um, you know, we have tremendous ownership. You know, we're, we're owned by Scott McCain, um, who has been the owner since 2005, and now majority, you know, full owner, you know, only owner, single owner since uh, the last so many years. And um, you know, the one thing that Scott is, he's exceptionally patient, uh, and he understands the junior hockey cycle. So. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sea Dogs um, ride that uh, ride that wave um, probably harder than most in terms of um, you know building, 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 going for it, 
starting again, building, 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 going forward and starting again. So, um, you know, that's certainly been the model here. You know, we want to win championships and sometimes that's, sometimes it's at the sacrifice of being, you know, kind of middle of the pack for, for a number of years. And that's, that's not as exciting or interesting to, to Scott or to anyone, anyone with the team. It's really focused on giving us ourselves the best chance to win, to win cups. And, um, you know, in the last 10 Memorial Cups, this will be our fourth appearance. Which is quite significant, yeah. uh, considering um, considering how difficult it is to, to make it here, and considering the Sea Dogs have only been around since 2005. So, um, to answer your question, um, next year will be you know I don't I don't expect us to be um, you know competing for a President Cup or Memorial Cup next season, uh, but there are some good uh, you know some really good players uh, coming back next year, uh, including three of those O2s. Uh, we have some really good O3s, uh, up front there with McDonald, Reynolds, and Trent Home. And then, uh, we actually have quite a few, um, uh, O5s that we drafted that are all back in midget, um, this past year at prep school that will, will slot right into the team. So we'll be young, um, or younger. Um, and it'd be hard to be older than this year's team. We're certainly pretty old. <laughs> um, but, um, it, it'll be the start of, uh, start of building for, for the next, uh, the next uh, championship contenders here in St. John for sure. All right. Last question for you with this time off, you've, you've been able to scout the rest of the CHL a lot more than they've probably been able to focus uh, on you. Uh, what do you expect from Schwinnigan and from Hamilton and from Edmonton? How much do you know about your opposition here? Hmm. Uh, well, uh, quite a bit. Um, but uh, that might be the one question that we'll keep to ourselves in terms of uh, how much we know about them. We've, we've had the good fortune of watching uh, of watching them, and uh, and they're all really good teams. I mean, tremendous teams, and uh, actually all all teams that were in the in the finals with uh, Seattle and Windsor and, and Charlottetown. They were they're all great teams, and those three teams that have made it obviously um, um, you know rose to the top. So. We're we're um, you know we're the underdog in this, despite being the host and despite all the rest of it, and um, you know they're uh, they're going to be tremendous competition. So um, I'll leave it at that. Fair enough. It all gets going on uh, Monday night as the uh, host St. John Sea Dogs take on the Hamilton Bulldogs uh, out of the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, Trevor, I really appreciate your time. It was great catching up again. Uh, best of luck at the Memorial Cup. Anytime, and thanks for having me on. That is Trevor Georgie, the president and general manager of the St. John Sea Dogs, hosting the 2022 Memorial Cup. And I was looking it up, and I was looking to see, well, the last host that won the tournament were the Windsor Spitfires out of the Ontario Hockey League, that back in 2017. The host team has played in the last three consecutive Memorial Cup finals. 2017, 2018, it was Regina at home, but they lost to Acadie Bathurst. And in 2019, it was Halifax at home but they lost to Ruan Naranda. The Q has won the last two Memorial Cups. The host team has won the Memorial Cup 10 times since 1983. There are seven host teams that have won the Memorial Cup without winning their league championship, which is the situation that St. John is in right now. Seven times that has happened. Windsor, the last one to do that. It also happened in 2012 with the Shawinigan Cataract. Really interesting, this year, Three of the teams that played in the 2012 Memorial Cup are in this year's as well. Shawinigan, Edmonton, and St. John. Shawinigan and St. John, just the opposites. That year, Shawinigan was the host. St. John was the champ for the Q. And Shawinigan won the tournament. This year, St. John is the host. 
Shawinigan is the champ, and St. John looking to win as host. So interesting. Edmonton was in both uh, back in 2012. It was the London Knights who were the OHL representative. This year, it's the Hamilton Bulldogs. Next up on the Pipeline Show, we go to the Western Hockey League champs and shine the spotlight on the Edmonton Oil Kings. And General Manager Kurt Hill is my guest. That's up next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Hi, this is John Gunther of the Edmonton Oil Kings. And he'll lead out three Oil Kings. Riley Sachuk three on through through neutral ice. Sachuk gains the line, floats it in front for Gunther, charging down. Gunther, and it scores! I didn't think they'd find a way to make that work, but it does. Dylan Gunther tucks it home. It's 6-3 Edmonton. And you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Are you a U15 or U17 player looking to sharpen up your skills, have fun, and get conditioned for the upcoming hockey season? Let our coaches and players get you ready at the Spruce Grove Saints 4th Annual Hockey School, brought to you by NextGen Transportation. The camp takes place August 22nd to 26th at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. The camp includes over 10 hours of on and off ice training. For more details and to register for the camp, head to sprucegrovesaints.ca slash community slash hockey school today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Hey, everybody. An old man's talking. Back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming as we continue our look at the uh, upcoming Memorial Cup. And the four teams that are involved, we just had uh, Trevor Georgie from the St. John Sea Dogs on. And uh, this time we're going to his WHL counterpart. But quick reminder, the Pipeline Show brought to you by our friends at Wilhock Beef Jerky. W-I-L-H-A-U-K beefjerky.com. Alberta's best. You can get it anywhere in Western Canada by ordering through their website. All right, let's uh, bring in the general manager of the WHL champion Edmonton Oil Kings, and that, of course, is uh, Kurt Hill. Kurt, welcome uh, back to the Pipeline Show, and uh, thanks for making time. How are things? Things are going good. Thanks for having me, Keith. A pleasure to get a chance to chat with you again. I know it's a a tight schedule, flying out this weekend, and then uh, getting set for uh, your first game, which will come on uh, Tuesday night against the Shawinigan Cataract. But uh, let's uh, just talk about how you got here for a minute and uh, an exciting series against the Seattle Thunderbirds. And, you know, after getting to the WHL final with a record of 12-1, and you're battle-hardened now because they gave you a pretty good run for it, didn't they? Yeah, they did. You know, hats off to them for, for the heck of a heck of a series played. I thought they were they were really good uh, all, all series long. And, uh, you know, it was definitely a big boy series, extremely physical and uh, lots of scrums, lots of big hits. and. You know, whoever scored goals in that series definitely paid a price to do so. But, uh, you know, a, a really hard fought six games. And, you know, I thought, um, obviously for me, the turning point in the series was going down to, to Kent and getting an, and, and getting both wins down there after that, uh, for them to come back to Edmonton and try to beat us three times. I thought it was going to be difficult. And, uh, I thought the first game back here, we kind of, kind of let them off the hook a little bit, whether that be nerves or us just thinking a little bit too much about winning. And then game six, I thought uh, we played one of our best games of the whole playoffs. Uh, Kurt, I know at the, you know, I just got off the phone with uh, your counterpart from St. John. They obviously knew they're going to the Memorial Cup because they're hosting it. So they've been planning for this all season long. I, I think it's fair to say that at the start of this year, you were pushing for the Memorial Cup as well. I mean, you've been one of the best teams in the Western Hockey League for the last three years, just haven't had playoffs uh, to show for it. Uh, so really, this was a, an all-in season for you to some degree too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. You know, I think with last year, obviously, and the year before us having good teams and, you know, not getting an opportunity to play in the playoffs, it's, uh, 
with the guys we knew we had coming back this year and uh you know the guys we we anticipate to graduate we knew that uh you know this was probably going to be a a a chance a legitimate chance to try to to try to win the league title and try to get to the memorial cup and you know it was this process started in the bubble season i mean when we made the trade for simon kubacek it was all in all planning for for this year and you know it's something us and the staff have worked towards for a long time and to see us get the opportunity to now uh win a league championship and represent the western hockey league the memorial cup is uh you know part of our goal achieved and uh you know makes you makes you feel pretty good about it when it, when you see everything come together like it has. Well, for the uh, fans who are listening to this that haven't watched the Oil Kings uh, this season, your club went out, you uh, went out and added a couple, well, three pretty big pieces to the puzzle uh, during the course of the season. First, picking up Luke Prokop from the Calgary Hitmen, and then going out and getting Caden Gooley from the Prince Albert Raiders and, and Justin Sordiff from the Vancouver Giants. What have they added to your team that you necessarily didn't have, let's say, in September? Well, I think, I mean, every, everybody that we've acquired, I mean, for the most part, well, significantly has had an experience. I mean, Pro Cup, Gooley, and sort of the three you mentioned there. I mean, two of the guys were captains of their teams and have played in a league championship before. And, you know, Luke Pro Cup, also a veteran of the league, um, having played a lot of games and, you know, just the steadiness he brings on the blue line and the ability to move the puck and skate so well. So, I mean, that, that's really what Luke brought to our group. And, you know, I think he's gotten better and better ever since we got him here in Edmonton from Calgary. Um, obviously, Caden Gooley is, you know, and when we acquired him, I, I made mention to you, Guy, that I obviously I felt, and I think a lot of people around the country would feel we acquired the best defenseman in the country. And, I mean, he he, he proved that the entire Western League playoffs, obviously being the MVP. And I thought he stepped up physically and, uh, you know, in the last series and he, he produced and scored some significant goals for us as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the trade deadline comes around and um, the opportunity at Justin sort of came along and, you know, a player that we were, we were really, we were pretty familiar with, but, you know, having him with him, having played on the other side for so long, it wasn't, you know, not as familiar as we were with Dooley and pro cup, but uh, I can't say uh, enough of what uh, Justin sort has brought to our team. He's, he's truly a complete player and, you know, I would think one of the most athletic players uh, that I've seen come through the Western Hockey League since my time being in the league. His ability with his first two strides is something something I've never really seen before. And, uh, you know, the leadership ability and production that he brought through the center of the Ice Frog group has been huge. Caden Gooley with eight goals in 19 playoff games sets a team record for goals in the playoffs uh, by a defenseman. And when it, when I think of Justin Sorda, I think... Two things that stand out for me is how quickly he can go from left to right and just stop on a dime and make something happen seemingly out of nothing. He's definitely not afraid to attack defense. I mean, he'll go one on three and uh, often uh, have a shot on net. And just the way that he is able to stick handle that cliche, stick handle in a phone booth, man, he does not need a lot of, of space to, to uh, work that puck around, does he? No, he truly doesn't. And I mean, he's uh, for the way he plays at the, the speed that he plays at, I yeah. mean, he's it's remarkable what he does with the puck. And I mean, he's, he's one of the hardest guys to hit in the league too. Just as you mentioned, his agility is, is it's off the charts. And I think guys think they got him lined up a lot and uh, you know, he squeaks through uh, some pretty tight spaces. And even when they do get him lined up, he's so strong and athletic that they guys just bounce off him. But uh, yeah, as a whole, he, what a playoffs for him as well. All right, when we go through your team, uh, starting with the uh, goaltenders uh, situation, uh, Sebastian Kosey is a first-round pick of the Detroit Red Wings. He's uh, an absolute wookie on the ice. It lists at six, six and a half, six, seven. 
uh, and has played every game for you here in the postseason. Just my personal thoughts, I, this is a guy I think thrives on. He gets better the more action he sees in a game. Sometimes when you, you know, your club is so good this year, you've held teams to 15 or 16 shots, and there might be one or two goals against that it, he probably would like back. Yet the games when he might see 30 or 35, he's outstanding. Yeah, I think it's just one of those uh, things he's had to he's had to adjust to. It's uh, you know it's not easy for a goaltender when they're not seeing much action to to stay engaged or even just to you know you just get a little bit cold in the net. But you know I think mm-hmm. through the regular season I thought he had some struggles with that, but I really thought he got really consistent in the playoffs. And you know one thing about Sebastian is I've been watching him since he was 14 years old and got drafted to the to the league. And when when the games get bigger, he plays better. And you know, through this entire playoff so far, when you know we had the opportunity at some elimination games and some of the big games that we needed to win to to get the edge in a series, um, you know, those were some of his best games. And you know, um, that's really that's really promising to see that from him. Um, especially you know when you know there were some people doubting him through the through the regular season, but you know, I just um, knowing him for so long, I just know that when the games when the games really matter, his consistency goes through the roof, and and he's a gamer. He wants to play in the big games. When you're looking at your defensive core, your top six, and kind of try to figure out what the identity is of that group, I, you know, it's, on paper you can look and see a lot of size six two Simon Kubacek and Gouli six two and Prokop six five, and one of the, your more physical players is Logan Dalhaniak. I mean, uh, if we're giving out. Uh, hit of the game quite often he's the guy who's delivering it and he's not quite six feet tall but overall with your top six what would you say is the identity of your blue line you know they're an extremely hard group to play against I mean that's uh like you said I mean they're all big and they like to all pretty much play a physical game I mean they're all very effective at doing that they're they can all skate well they move the puck extremely well and you know I think one of the biggest things that uh our defense core has been able to find success at, especially in the playoffs, is producing from the back end. I mean, the, the amount of goals we've scored from back there, just getting pucks to the net, uh, joining the rush to score goals. I mean, it's uh, they're also a pretty offensive group, and you know that's rare when when you're looking at a bunch of big guys that like to play physical as well. But uh, you can be you'd be surprised that uh, from an offensive standpoint, they're uh, they're a pretty effective group at that as well. Kurt Hill is my guest. He's the general manager of the WHL champion Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, moving up to the front forward positions, and you know when you've got eight drafted players on the team and five of them are up front, uh, you've got a lot of depth. And I think is that your greatest asset when you try to compare yourself to the rest, let's say the rest of the WHL, is your depth really came to the forefront uh, throughout these playoffs? I felt it did. I mean, it's uh, especially that you know the top nine. If you look at that. To start off, I mean, it's a very experienced group, an older group um, with with a lot of significant talent, and um, you know, and and when you kind of when you go past that too, like some of the guys that were able to step up that maybe played some more of a depth role for us, you know, and Brandon Cooney scoring big goals in the playoffs, um, Carson Golder playing some D, playing forward, and being able to you know spring up in the in the last round and play in the top six and become a you know an every game contributor pretty much. That was a huge part of that final series for us. And, you know, and part of this entire process going into this year is us keeping some young players around. And, you know, when those guys got opportunities, the 16 year olds and 17 year olds to play um, in the playoffs, I mean, those, those experiences will be invaluable for the organization and for them moving forward, but they also found ways to contribute and not be liabilities on the ice, which I think really helped us that last, last series when, you know, we needed to find, extra minutes for guys to get guys rest and uh, to give ourselves opportunities to to win some games 
It's funny how Carson Golder plays most of the year as a defenseman for you. Doesn't dress in some games over the course of the regular season, yet he leads your team in scoring in the final in the WHL as a forward, uh, filling in like that big goal from Tyler Horseman against Winnipeg, an overtime winner like that. So the it's not always the, uh, the the marquee names that are getting it done for you and coming up with big games. And I guess that that's one of those things that speaks to your depth as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it truly does. And you know, I think even when I I've seen some, I've seen the, the scoring leaders posted a few times in the playoffs. And I mean, I don't think we had a guy in the top four or five or whatever it may right. be. And, you know, it just, it goes to show like everybody was contributing. And, you know, I remember when I talked to Curtis Hunt the year, they won the Western Hockey League title and um, they went on obviously to the Memorial Cup beat us in the third round. He told me it, he pretty much got each ser- each series was won by a specific line on his team. And, you know, when I really start to think about it, it's uh and you start to look at how the series went and that it's, we got contribute, we got some pretty significant contributions from each one of the lines, each series as well. And, you know, especially that last series when, like I said, we had some injuries and guys had to step up. That was uh, obviously a, a huge factor in helping us win that championship against Seattle. Is the challenge now to get your guys prepared for three teams that they have never seen before? And I wonder, you know, with the way the league has been the WHL the last uh, couple of years with no crossover, is playing against Seattle almost preparation for the Memorial Cup in the sense that you're going up against clubs you haven't seen? Yeah, I think it, it definitely prepares you for that. Um, you know, this is a little different in the sense that maybe the style of play might be a little bit different than what we expect here um, in the Western League. But, you know, our coaching staff, they do a tremendous job with preparing our players. And, you know, I think the, the biggest thing to preach and to get used to now is that, I mean, you're going into a tournament format, but uh, you got to be ready to go and you've got to get off to a good start because that, uh, you know, that tournament, it's really quick. And if you get off to a bad start, you can dig yourself in a pretty big hole. And, you know, I know that uh, uh, we all know the statistics that the Western Hockey League hasn't had a lot of success at the Memorial Cup in, in the past, you know, four or five years before uh, before COVID hit. And, uh, you know, with our group, it's, uh, we're going to make sure they're as prepared as possible and ready to get it off to a good start at that tournament and have success this year. Yeah, Kelowna in 2015, the last uh, WHL champ that's played in the final. I know Regina as a host did, uh, but uh, Edmonton, the last team that's actually won the Memorial Cup back in uh, 2014. You know, you get through the WHL, you've, you've raised your level of play. It's been an intense postseason. You win. Is there a bit of a you know, a, a coming down from that, and now you got to ramp up the emotion again for another Memorial Cup. How big of a challenge is that? Yeah, I think it's uh, it can be challenging, but at the same time, I, I I really like that we have a little bit more of a break before getting there this time. I mean, I know that teams in the past in the Western League have played Game Seven, and they're pretty much boarding a flight the next day, if not the day after, and playing right. the first day they get there. So, you know, our guys have had a couple of, couple of days here to enjoy. Uh, winning the Western Hockey League Championship. And uh, now we've been back to work at the rink here, going to get a couple of good practices in. You know, you get a travel day, you get two days to practice there and an opportunity to even watch a game at the event, which, uh, you know, I think all those little things, every extra day, um, it's only advantageous for our group to prepare and be ready. Um, and you know what, I think right now, it's, it's just preparing for what to expect from those groups. And then once we get to St. John, I mean, it's... Uh, the guys will start to, to feel that emotion and be ready to go a puck drop on Tuesday. How much do you know about uh, the three teams that you're going to play, Hamilton and Shawinigan and, of course, uh, St. John? And did the scouting start before the end of the Seattle series, or did you uh, just hold off until you had wrapped up the WHL championship and then hit the uh, hit the computer and all the video? Well, I think with uh, obviously with the games, the series all being on TSN at the end, I mean, it gave you an opportunity to 
to access games. I mean, sitting on the couch at home and being able to watch some of the games and that. So, you know, that was a pretty big perk this year. And, you know, it's the relationships uh, you have around around the entire CHL. I mean, myself and some of our staff have been a part of Hockey Canada events where, you know, we've been on staff with different coaches from the QMJHL, different coaches and management from the OHL. So I think you really have to uh, rely on some of those relationships as well to, uh, you know, pick up any type of information you can. I mean, it's uh, at this point when you're going in a little bit blind and what, uh, you know, some of the things on different teams, I mean, video can tell you so much, but every little detail you can pick up on uh, what those teams have and, and their tendencies. I mean, it's just, it's every, every little piece helps at the end of the day. Well, Kurt, uh, certainly wish you the best of luck at, at the Memorial Cup. T- uh, impossible for me not to be biased, so everybody knows that I, I'm rooting for you guys uh, to bring back the Memorial Cup once again. Uh, thanks for your time. Uh, enjoy the tournament. Thank you. appreciate you having me. There is Kurt Hill, the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's been the GM uh, for the Oil Kings for, uh, I'm going to say, four years now. He's currently 34 years old, which is interesting because Trevor Georgie, the GM of the St. John Sea Dogs, same age, which uh, makes me, at 51, feel extremely old. Hashtag old man gee. Mentioned it during the course of that interview, the depth of the Oil Kings, I think, is what probably gives Edmonton, in my opinion, an advantage going into this, uh, this Memorial Cup. If, in fact, the Oil Kings go on to win the tournament, it will be because of their depth. That's my prediction, if they win. Uh, you look, they've got four first-round NHL draft picks. Schwinnigan has four drafted players total. Two of them are in the first round, but the Oil Kings have four, just including first-rounders, let alone four other guys. Edmonton has five guys who are members of Canada's World Junior Team this year plus Jakob Demek, who played in the tournament as well for Slovakia. I think the most anyone else has is also Shawinigan. They had two on Team Canada and a defenseman who played uh, for his homeland. Meanwhile, St. John had two players who played in the World Junior, neither one for a North American team, and the Hamilton Bulldogs, well, of course, Mason McTavish, part of Team Canada, and Jan Mishak playing for his country. For me, it's the depth of the Oil Kings that is their biggest asset uh, going into an event like this. You can let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at TPS underscore Gee. Next up will be the Shawinigan Cataract as I'm uh, scheduled to speak with General Manager Martin Mondu. That is next here on the Pipeline Show, fueled by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Down there by Zaboral. Puck comes free. Ward's clearing play to the line. It skips out to center. Valeno trying to break shorthanded. Joe Valeno, penalty coming. Valeno deking, scores! Joe Valeno, shorthanded goal! Hey, it's Joe Valeno from the Drummondville Voltageurs, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. The Store Next Door gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. 
Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. We're back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, and we've uh, already looked at the St. John Sea Dogs and the Edmonton Oil Kings for the upcoming Memorial Cup, but we're going to uh, head to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League's uh, champion, Schwinnigan Cataracts, next. Uh, reminder, The Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky, uh, but you can't get it. Out east, uh, you can only get it in Western Canada at wilhockbeefjerky.com. All right, my guest this week, as we're uh, talking with all the general managers from, from the four teams at the Memorial Cup, uh, Martin Mondu. Uh, welcome to the Pipeline Show, sir. How are you? Very good, and you, Guy? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, although I'm not playing in the Memorial Cup or, uh, you know, in charge of a team that's going to the Memorial Cup. This must be very exciting time for, for you and for your fan base and for, the, obviously, the players involved. Yeah, it is for sure. Uh, ten years after winning our our first Memorial Cup, going back there in St. John, it's everybody's very excited here. You know, winning our first Prison Cup in 63 years. So uh, it's uh, you know, there's good things ahead coming for us. Like uh, I told our players, you know, having uh, lived the experience in Shawinigan, you know, having a chance to go back again, it's going to be a fun week uh, starting on on Tuesday. Pretty interesting. Back in 2012, when three of the f- same four teams uh, this year were in the Memorial Cup there. You were the host, uh, and now you're going to St. John as the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League champion. Both of those teams were involved in 2012, and so were the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, pretty unusual for that to happen, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Like, everybody was watching it, and when they say, hey, the Oil Kings could be there also, like, there, there's three out of four. That's that, that's a fun thing to do, and it's fun also to see, like, uh, Sea Dogs were, uh, won the cup when they, they they got the show winning it, and now it's, it's our turn, so it's it's a fun. It's a fun situation. It's going to be fun for the fans too. Tell me about your team this season. And I, I know for some clubs, like uh, for St. John, they've known for a long time that they've uh, that they're going to be at the Memorial Cup. Uh, so they've been able to plan right from the start of the season. For you, I know the goal is to reach to uh, the the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League final and win the championship. That's the same thing every year. But not every team is all in every every season. Uh, at the start of the year, did you think you were contenders? Well, yeah, we were like, uh, and you know, there's, there's things that people don't know about our team. We had a record injury since I've been there for 15 years mm-hmm. and it was really a record injury year for us. So, and, and in March at one point, we weren't, we were first in the league. So, and, but you know, after like some, I know we had some games, we, we had like eight players missing in that game and affiliates. So it, it's just, it was, a, it was a tough situation this season but we knew we had a good team even though like people were doubting because our depth was very young we had three very very young defensemen on the back end same thing for our third and fourth line but obviously like we you know what we saw is that those kids can deliver and can take it what's yours uh, a roster that you had to make a lot of trades this year because i'm looking at the trade page for uh the the league and it's not like you were super busy at the trade deadline so were you ha- were you happy to play this season with mostly the same guys that you began the year yeah, it's really a, a team that we've we've built uh, through the years. You know, we've developed all those kids. Like a lot of players were drafted from our system, 
And, uh, you know, we just add a few pieces that we felt were missing. Like a guy like Dubé was really a clutch guy, an overager who scored big goals for us in the playoff. So, but the rest of our player were really guys that were drafted and raised with inside of our organization. And uh, that's, that's, that makes us real proud. You know, we have many values because when you look at it in junior, you have to look at it five years before. And, you know, we've lost like guys like Beauvillier, like Girard at 19. Mm-hmm. And we've, uh, it's it, it sort of, uh, we've lost values that we were going to trade. Even Simon Benoit was playing in Anaheim now, never came back. So, you know, those guys were going to be like probably move as a, as older guys because our team was going to rebuild. But we didn't have those values. So we had we have a limited number of picks and we find a good way. We find a way to develop and uh, draft the right guys. So all the credit goes to our, our scouting staff. Excellent. That's uh, terrific. When you can uh, rebuild like that from within, for sure. Uh, all right, well, tell me about the playoffs uh, for your club. You, you get through the first two rounds without a loss uh, and a tough series against the Quebec Rampart, but uh, you, you outlast uh, Patrick Waugh's team three games to two, and then you get to Charlottetown, and th- that's an interesting series. But take me back to the Quebec series first. Uh, it's been the first time in the playoffs your team had even suffered a loss, uh, and obviously you outlasted them in that series. You like the way your team bounced back from their first bit of adversity? Yeah, that's pretty much our trademark. Like we bounce back all, all playoff long. And, you know, if we're, uh, we're losing a game, we find a way to get back. And it's the same thing in the series. Like we were down uh, in the series against Quebec. We find a way to get back. And, you know, we played that big game in Quebec. So, you know, all, you know, it was, uh, it's really, really our trademark the way we, we've been all season long. And it, it really paid off in the playoffs. And you didn't have home ice advantage in a couple of those series and against uh, Charlottetown as well. Do you like playing the, the bit of an underdog role? Yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. You know, if, you know, we had incredible fans, you know, and I remember that last game in Quebec, like you could see that the, all the, the right side ball was all in yellow, like, <laughs> you know, and that's things that they are fun now with buying your tickets on the internet because before, you know, they were going to split all our, our fans inside the ring. Now they were all together. Oh, yeah. So, uh, it was such a special uh, to see, you know, the the, the center Sandido Tron in Quebec and having our fans, you know, running the show. So, and you know, at the end of the day, it, it sort of maybe gave a push to our player too. Are you gonna have a bunch of uh, bus bus loads of people uh, driving out to St. John? Um, not not many. And you know, the big thing is there's a big issue with hotel right now. Uh. I know. I think they have like the New Brunswick game, something like that. So. Every fan that wants to come and watch the game, it's just it's just over three and four hundred dollars hotel, so they just can't afford it. Wow, uh, the series against Charlottetown. One of the things that stood out to me, and, and every night uh, we were checking the uh, the out of town scoreboard, it seemed like Charlottetown was badly out shooting you in a lot of those games, and yet you're still winning those those contests. How do you do that when you might be being outshot by 20, uh, 20 shots? That's not necessarily the way you draw it up, but you got to like the way your team uh, was able to fight through that. But we've done that all season long. It happened a lot of times. And, uh, you know, if you look at the advanced stats and sports logic, uh, you just, you know, look at our game. You know, we don't give a lot of A and B chances. Right. So it's maybe in the way we play also. You know, it gave the opportunity to, to try C chances. But, you know, we just uh, we're pretty good, like, uh, keeping people away from our slot, you know, having A and B chances. And I think that's the key. And we're a very opportunistic team. And, you know, we, we have good goal scorer. And, uh, you know, when we have a chance, we find a way to capitalize on it. All right. So it's basically keeping the other team to the outside and making them shoot from 30 or 40 feet. Exactly. And that's that's pretty much the way, like, Charlottetown was playing. They brought a lot of shots at the net. And, you know, they, they sort of dig in for rebound. And, if you know, if you have good sticks you and you're 
you're aware and good on rebounds, you know, at the end of the day, it, it comes up with nothing. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Martin Mondou. He's the general manager of the Shawinigan Cataract out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the uh, champion team representing the league at the 2022 Memorial Cup in St. John. Uh, let's take a, look, a bit of a look at your roster, and maybe we'll start in net. Uh, interesting comparison to, to see the, the goaltenders for all four teams and how they match up. Uh, Antoine Coulomb has uh, been your guy in the playoffs, uh, but uh, they, uh, he and uh, Charles-Antoine Lavallée basically split time during the course of the regular season. At the Memorial Cup, do you plan on sticking with one guy? No, you know, that's the way uh, we've built our, all our teams through the years, like 0-9 in the, in the, in the playoffs. Both our goalies plays, uh, you know, and when we reach the final, same thing at the Memorial Cup. If you remember, uh, Alex Dubois was our starter, and you know, uh, Gabriel Girard and winning, ending, and winning the the cup, you know, was our goalie when we won the cup. So, uh, pretty much the same thing. Like uh, you look at the playoffs. I know Coulomb was uh, uh, had a lot of games. Like Lavallee was involved in the first two series. Like Coulomb was like very, very good against Quebec. So. Mm-hmm. He was a key guy there, and then boom, Lavalier comes in and win that big game against Charlottetown. You know, we were down, you know, and by two goals. He came in the game and was quite solid, and uh, he found a way to be uh, the goalie in on that when we won the cup. So we should expect the, to see both play at, at least a game? Yeah, for sure. Like, they're two very good goalies, because Lavalier was the goalie of the year in our league. Right. So it's, you know, they're good. They're, they're two very good goalies, so you could expect both goalies to go in the FRMM Cup. Yeah, for sure. Just out of curiosity, how do you decide who plays which game? Uh, that's not my job. You know, we, uh, you know, it's our coach and goalie, goalie coach that decide it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a special chemistry because both goalies are, uh, having an incredible relationship between each other. And, uh, I think that's the key when you have two good goalies and they find a way to live through this and, you know, respect each other and be happy for the other one. You know, that's that's part of being a team, a winning team. All right, well, let's uh, tell me about your defensive core, your your top six. Is there an, an identity that they have? Is there a way to, to sort of sum up uh, what they bring to the table as a group? Well, you know what? We have three older guys in, in uh, mascot, ass, and a Rafanomas and Sword at our three older guy, a 19 and two overager. Then, you know, we have the touring youth of 16 years old who just got, been, just got selected for a U18. Linko Camp, he's a very, very talented young player. And then we have uh, uh, Isaac Menard and uh, Angus Boot, who should be one of the big surprises in the NHL draft this year because he was injured. He was really the riser at, at the list at, at, uh, in January, and then he got injured for half the season. So he just came back for the playoffs, but he's a very good D-man, and he's got a lot of potential. Uh, and you have some size, you have some smaller guys. Is is this a puck-moving defensive core or a physical uh, group uh, I, or maybe a, a mix of of all of that it's really a mix like you got like you have like two very good puck moving uh smaller size d and then you have uh, like Brutus, who's really an all-around defenseman mm-hmm. and you got those big guy who are going to be like shutting down they can be physical at time they have good shots so it's really a different type of defense it's interesting it goes back to what you're talking about about uh, building your roster from within with drafting it's not like you have six 19 year olds on the blue line it's i mean you've got every age group uh, so uh, it, it seems like uh, you're going to lose guys for from next year's roster in the season or in the summer because they'll they'll age out but it's not like you're uh, necessarily going to lose half your team like uh, some of the other clubs at the memorial cup this year no it isn't and that's that's what makes us real proud you know we're still going to have a, a a good potential team for years to come and uh 
you know, we've that's the part of, the, of our team that people were downing a bit, you know, when they saw that we were keeping our younger guys. But, you know, for us, like, talent has no age, and they're talented kids. They can take minutes, and they're responsible. So at the end of the day, like, they're they're the guy we wanted there, and uh, we're real proud to have them, uh, you know, taking those responsibilities and winning the cup for us uh, in the Quebec League. Moving to your forwards, uh, three drafted players, Olivia Nadeau uh, of the Buffalo Sabres, uh, Xavier Bargo, who we know well here in Edmonton with the Oilers, and, of course, Maverick Bork, who had uh, one heck of a season for you when he was able to play. Only 31 games this year. Uh, maybe start with Maverick and uh, tell me about his season for you. Well, like he suffered injury during the season. Uh, he also uh, left a month for World Juniors. So, you know, him and Burgo... What I'm very, my era, where I'm really surprised is when they came back from War Junior. And let's be honest, you know, you go to War Junior and you come back after two games, it's it's really something that, you know, it could be tough on player. But I was real proud the way they came back. You know, they came back focused and ready. And that, from that day, they had an objective to have our team win the cup. And you know, you know, they've they've really delivered on that part. So. I'm very, very impressed by the way they've been as leader when they came back. Uh, for for fans who haven't had a, a chance to watch your team, let's say Oiler fans uh, with uh, Xavier, uh, what will they notice? What, what should they expect to see from him at the Memorial Cup? He's really that goal scorer. You know, he's he's the, he's he's a clutch guy. He can score big goals. He's got speed. He's hard to hit. Uh, like I, I was looking what Jim Alton said in in the paper about our team. Those two guys, Bork and Borgo, they're you can't they're unexpectable. You don't know what they're gonna do. Mm. They always do different things and they find a way to get their offense going. So that's what makes them special for for our team. You have a couple of uh, forwards who are listed at six two. Uh, Nadeau is one of those guys. But overall, your your forward group might be a little bit smaller than some of the teams uh, that will be at the Memorial Cup. Uh, I wonder, is that by design, or is that a, a concern that you might have uh, uh, when you get to a tournament like this, where you might have to go up against some some big defensemen? Yeah, but you know what? Uh, for me, like if you don't if you don't have size, you can be a smaller guy, but you need to be well built, and you know you need to have speed. So you know, if you look at players like Agostino on our depth, you know he's he's really a smaller guy, but he's really a hard and you know physically mature guy so and he has incredible speed so that's pretty much a difference you know some smaller guys are small but you know they don't mind physical play and they're a good skater hmm, interesting tell me what you know about the other three teams obviously you'll know st john fairly well but how do you prepare for hamilton and for edmonton uh i've had a chance to watch them play on tv uh obviously they're they're two physical team uh they have talent uh you know hamilton you know you look at them there's a lot of skill guy and they can score goal and being in charge of uh, the U-17 program for uh, the year, those guys were there, McTavish and all those kids. So I know them a lot. I know a lot of players. Like I, I had Caden Gooley on my first year with Team Canada. So there's a lot of players I know. So it's, you know, for us, it's to prepare for that tournament. And, uh, you know, we had uh, we were ready for uh, all the teams in our league. Now it's to be ready for all the, the teams that are coming to the Memorial Cup. I know for for Hamilton and for uh, Edmonton, their uh, their leagues, their conferences didn't cross over at all, so they might be a little bit used to playing uh, teams that they haven't seen before. Uh, but for you, uh, it's all about the advanced scouting to to know what uh, Edmonton and Hamilton are about. Uh, you have with Bork and uh, or Borgo uh, teammates on Team Canada with a lot of the well, there's five. Uh, Oil Kings uh, on Team Canada. Do you, do you talk to them about uh, some of those guys uh, at all? Uh, 
uh, with the Oil Kings to try to figure out what they're about? No, as we speak, we haven't. You know, we're working. Uh, coaches' staff is working on, you know, the, the pre-scouts and everything. But, you know, we haven't had a chance to chat with the guys. Hmm. There's things that are prepared for tomorrow once we arrive in St. John to make sure they're going to be like uh, uh, we're going to have some presentation about, you know, the Memorial Cup, the other team. Uh, so we're going to make sure that those guys are ready when it's back. Terrific. Well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I certainly wish you the best of luck uh, at the Memorial Cup and uh, enjoy the tournament. Okay, buddy. Take care. Martin Mondu, the general manager of the Shawinigan Cataract, uh, champs of the Q, and uh, getting set to head out to St. John. Everybody leaves on Saturday to arrive in St. John. It's usually a banquet held the night before. Uh, but I'm told that has been uh, canceled this year, just as uh, ultra precaution. They don't want anybody, you know. They don't want. They don't need a COVID outbreak to uh, ruin the Memorial Cup. So uh, the uh, banquet this year has been canceled. You look at the Cataract, and uh, I, I think a couple of players obviously stand out with uh, Maverick Bork and Xavier Borgo. Has to be concerning though how badly they were outshot by Charlottetown in the uh, Q final. They won the series, but I don't know that that is a recipe for success. And I know what happened in the WHL as well. Of people who were watching the Oil Kings, you know, the Oil Kings against Winnipeg, the Oil Kings against Red Deer, the Oil Kings against uh, Seattle in the final. There were games where they badly outshot their opposition, and those were good teams. But the games were close, some of them. And what he said about keeping uh, the opposition to the outside, that actually sounds a lot like what we saw especially against Seattle where the Oil Kings in a, a couple of games, you know, there were over 40 shots, but a lot of them were from the outside. So we'll see. wonder when Edmonton and Schwinnigan get together and they open their tournament against each other on a Tuesday. But will it be a similar scene where we see Edmonton with a, a lot of shots from the outside trying to get to the middle of the ice in the slot area? And if uh, they're able to do it, they found a way eventually against Seattle. And maybe that experience... Uh, helps the Oil Kings deal with Shawinigan. We'll see. Should be a great tournament. Really interested to see the Cataract once again. All right, up next, we've got one more team to get to. That's the Hamilton Bulldogs out of the OHL. Steve Steos is the general manager, and he joins me next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Willock Beef Jerky. And now it's a 2 on oh. Mishak and Shirk. Jan Mishak! Patrick goal. Hello, I'm Yann Mishak of Hamilton Bulldogs, and this is the Pipeline Show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Colton Pareko. Sharp, we're stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. That man is playing Galaga. Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. We are back on the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming, the program brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's Alberta's best beef jerky. Go to W-I-L-H-A-U-K, beefjerky.com, and get your order, any order, any size, anywhere in Western Canada, which means uh, my next guest, uh, out of luck, uh, as I'm uh, pleased to be joined by the 
General Manager of the OHL champion Hamilton Bulldogs, that would be Steve Steos. Uh, Steve, welcome back to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Hey, great to be on with you, Guy. Well, I appreciate you making the time. I know a quick turnaround. Uh, you win the OHL championship on Wednesday. You're flying out on Saturday. Uh, no rest for the wicked. Yeah, no, it, it is, but uh, we're extremely excited. We, uh, you know, we've had a very interesting playoff, uh, you know, swept the first three series and then uh, um, came up against all, all the opponents were great, but uh, Windsor really uh, had a great series against us and great game plan. So, um, and our players persevered, but playing in game seven at home to win it was something special and uh, happy for our players. It's a special group, um, loads of character and determination and, uh, it was an incredible uh, moment. Yeah, you, you got your team was on such a heater at the end of the regular season, and then to get to the OHL final with a 12 and 0 streak through the playoffs, I'm sure you you never want to lose a single game, and and uh, you know when you're riding such a, a hot wave, you never want it to end. But is there something to be said for a little adversity along the way to just get you set for you know what could happen here at the Memorial Cup? It's going to be a tough tournament, so to lose a game or two in the OHL final might be a good thing in the long run. Oh, I, I think you're right. You know, as, as nice as it is uh, winning every game, and that's our goal, uh, you know, it was interesting because we lost game one in overtime, and I could see a sense of, not angst, but it was just, it was foreign to us. I think we won 22 in a row up until that point, mm-hmm. uh, including, uh, you know, into, we hadn't lost, in, I think it was December 5th, and that was our first loss. It was, it was a pretty wild run. Um, so, yeah, there's an adjustment, you know, and, um, um, and uh, full credit to Windsor again. They just kept coming. They played a consistent uh, game all around. And, uh, um, but it was good for us. And, you know, I think especially getting to game seven, uh, where it's, you know, I mean, it's win or go home. Uh, that's the Memorial Cup. You're going to be playing game sevens in every game. And that's the way you have to approach it. So um, easy to say now because it all worked out. But I think uh, that, that experience was, uh, was a good one for us. Now, in the OHL, there was no crossover from the conferences, right? Or maybe very, very little. But you, you didn't see most of the teams in the other conference, correct? That is correct. Us, with the location here in Hamilton, we did travel to Erie. Uh, we played them. Um, but other than that, we didn't see anybody else in the West. All right. So kind of what you just experienced in the OHL final, it's what you're going to come up with the, with the uh, Memorial Cup. Three teams that you haven't seen all year. So does having that experience in some way help prepare you for what that's like? to go against uh, somebody you've never seen before? Well, I mean, i got an incredible coaching staff led by Jay McKee, um, Andreas Carlson, and Andrew Campbell as our assistants. And all of them have a great deal of experience uh, playing the game and uh, at all levels, and including at the highest level in the NHL, but also they're astute hockey people and, and experienced coaches. So, you know, they're digging in like other teams are on us, but we're digging in on uh, personnel and style of play and, um, you know, it, it, they're, they're hard at work at, at doing that, but you know, it does maybe make your focus. I think each team probably goes in there thinking like, we got to play our, our game, you know, mm-hmm. get our game to the highest level and execute at our highest level. And it's good to know the opponent, but, uh, certainly I think there's going to be a great deal of focus on getting ourselves prepared to play. We just played a hard fought seven game series. We've had, uh, it, it, it's a fairly quick turnaround time, but I think I like, I like the fact that we're not waiting around very long um, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to getting in there and playing. And again, I think you start looking at your own team and how you can execute and your game plan and play to the best of your ability. You're never going to really know as much about the team. And, you, you know, first time being on the ice against another opponent, I think is going to be uh, 
uh, unique. And uh, so I think focusing in on your own game is going to be uh, going to be a key. Well, I'm sure a lot of OHL watchers will uh, will be listening to this and know your team in and out, but they'll be uh, the fan base are for three other teams who are uh, tuning in right now and uh, ha- maybe haven't seen the the Bulldogs in action. So for the benefit of that uh, segment of the the audience right now, uh, tell me about your club and maybe we'll start in net with uh, Marco Constantini. He's been uh, terrific for you all season, uh, and I am sure that a guy that you're going to lean on here at the Memorial Cup too. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Cause is the backbone um, of our team. He's uh, he's he's just so consistently solid, very calm demeanor in the net. Um, really reads plays well. He's just a, a really calming influence for our group at all times. He's been incredibly consistent all season and um, really grown into the you know the role of, of playing in these big games and embracing it. So uh, now we're very fortunate to have uh, uh, Marco. At the start of the season, I don't know what your expectations were for the year, but time you make those two massive deals before the the trade deadline, we talked about the the huge winning streak in the second half of the year. But uh, what were your expectations for your team at the start of the season? Well, I, I expected that we were going to be a strong team. Um, you know what I saw early on uh, was that there's a there was a great deal of determination and. Uh, um, this team showed me that they really wanted it and wanted to win, um, you know, and making the two acquisitions with Mason McTavish and Arbor Jacka at the deadline, I think was, uh, uh, was critical to add, you know, they're the two best players available. I felt at the deadline. And so we made a push to go and get them, but, you know, a build like this for this season started after we had played in the Memorial cup, won the OHL championship in 2018. And um, there's some, key acquisitions even earlier on with uh, Colton Cameron and Nathan Steos. We got them earlier. Um, our draft picks continue to develop. Um, you know, we had some mid to late round picks who are become extremely important core pieces to our team. So there's all elements leading up to it, Guy. And then, uh, you know, when this team showed me, even through practice, the way they handle themselves, their, uh, their competitiveness, uh, you know, their ability to, play in all situations um, in, in any type of game, that's when he started looking at uh, some key acquisitions and fortunate to get Mason McTavish, who's, uh, I mean, he's, uh, to me, the best player in the CHL because of, not just because he can score goals, but his all-around game, and he's a real leader as well. And Arbor's been a real force for us on the back end, too, and a great story. He's a, and never got drafted in the OHL, uh, walked on in Kitchener, made the team, uh, signed himself a free agent contract with Montreal Canadiens. He's just one of those guys who's, uh, you know, um, continues to work and continues to, you know, step up to the challenge. Yeah, that's a terrific story for sure. When you acquired him, I mean, he's your biggest defenseman. Was that part of the attraction and uh, the what you saw as necessity to to add him to your lineup because of that size? Um, not necessarily. I think, yeah, you make a good point, but Arbor's game, uh, he, he has all elements. He can create some offense for us as well, but, uh, um, yeah, I think we, we have enough offense with Steos and Gavin White, um, you know, looking at, I was looking at the best defenseman available is what I was doing, to be honest. And, uh, the fact that Arbor can bring, bring it on both sides of it is, is, uh, has been really, uh, you know, great for our group. But, uh, yeah, we, you know, he, he can play in a shutdown role. We have Artem Grushnikov as well in those types of roles, uh, you know. Uh, but I think all of our players are 
a little bit underrated defending as well on the back end. So we, we do it by committee. We don't just lean on one player, but certainly he brings a lot of those elements for us. You mentioned Steos. That'd be Nathan Steos, who had a hell of a season for you this year, led the OHL in scoring uh, by defenseman. Uh, what's that like to uh, coach your son, or not coach, but to, to have your son on the team? Well, it was um, it was a bit of a selfish move on my point. I talk <laughs> about 2018. We had a player in uh, uh, named Ben Gleason, who was our offensive uh um, engine from the back end and Ben had signed a free agent deal with the Dallas stars. And yeah, we knew we needed a component of that and they're hard to find, you know, when you, you know, a dynamic defenseman who can move pucks up and pass through layers and run a power play. And, uh, you know, when I talk to my scouting staff and the people close to me and you kind of go down the list of players that are on other teams that, uh, would fit the bill and Nathan's name kept coming up. And, uh, it was a challenge to be quite honest. I mean, I had to put the team ahead of, uh, I, I know I didn't do it. Nathan, any favors of doing it. I don't think that that was his goal in mind was not to, ha- to have to play for his dad and pave his own path. And, uh, um, so it worked out great. It was, you know, Nathan's a part of the team. He's another player on our team. And, uh, I'm sure glad for the benefit of our, our organization that, that I did make that trade because, uh, he's been terrific for us in all aspects and continue to grow in his game. I, I imagine it's tricky uh, at some at sometimes. I'm sure along the way in the last since you've been there in Hamilton the last what five six years, you've come across you know classic hockey dad uh, syndrome. The guy, the father who always wants to be involved in stuff, is it is a little different when the GM is the father? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's obviously you know outside perspective. Uh, the first thing that people would think about, right? Um, you know, we had to, I had to get past that. And I'm sure Nathan's had to deal with things probably on the ice that are said to him and things like that. But at the end of the day, I think it's been proven. I think the player proved and, and the team has proved that, uh, that, that it worked out perfectly, uh, for both sides, but it does come with some stresses. I mean, we've always been, you know, the team first always. And, uh, so hard to explain to people on the outside that when you're trading for your son, that it was, the right thing to do for the team, but yeah. I think uh, I think that's all been justified now. All right. Well, with Nathan and Arbor and the rest of the defensive group, uh, is there an identity that you can sort of uh, pick out or describe them with uh, for the the uh, the fan base again that uh, haven't seen you play on the back end in particular? Or our yeah. team Overall, no. Your your defensive group. Our well, our defensive group comes with uh, with some ability to be able to make plays. Um, we. Uh, all good skaters on the back end for sure. Um, a young NHL draft eligible prospect in Jorian Donovan, who's the son of Sean Donovan. Um, so some pedigree there. Mm-hmm. So I think we have all shapes and sizes back there as far as the elements of defending, um, penalty killing. Um, we talked a little bit about our power play guys and uh, ability to create some offense. So fairly well rounded on the back end. Steve Steos, the GM of the uh, Hamilton Bulldogs, a former longtime NHLer, uh, especially here in Edmonton with the Edmonton Oilers uh, is my guest as we're looking ahead to the Memorial Cup. All right, let's go to your forward group, uh, Steve. And uh, you mentioned there's some uh, high-profile guys like uh, Mason McTavish and Ryan Winterton, drafted play- players, and uh, Yan Mishak, another one. Uh, but what a heck of a season for a couple of guys in Logan Morrison and Avery Hayes, uh, guys who have been passed over in the draft before. And uh, I don't imagine that's going to happen again here uh, next month when the draft rolls around. But can you touch on uh, what Logan, uh, start with Logan and touch on what he's meant to your club this year? I mean, he's been incredible. And, uh, you know, Logan, Logan's hockey sense, when we drafted him, we, we knew that that was going to be, uh, you know, 
his identity. Like he's just, he's the smartest player that maybe we've had here and uh, ability to make plays. He plays on uh, both sides of the puck as well. I think he's just been underrated. Uh, you know, he's not a blazer as far as a skater, but it's, uh, and that's maybe why he's been passed up. But I, like you said, I don't think that teams can look past a player like that with what he's been able to do. And, uh, you know, our MVP in the playoffs um, and uh, been a real driver for us. And, you know, that the depth up the middle with, uh, with Logan uh, McTavish, Meshack, uh, you know, um, really, really strong down the middle. Uh, Avery Hayes, a 41 goal campaign for you. He's continued that into the playoffs as well. 34 points in 16 games. Um, what has he delivered for you outside of the offense? I mean, it's easy to see on the stat line, but those don't always tell the whole picture. Yeah, he's a terrific penalty killer as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, you look at his stat line, you think he's just an offensive type of player, but he's one of our best penalty killers. He's got an elite stick, reads plays really well. Um, you know, he's an incredibly competitive, like our, all our players are, but there, he, there's this understated competitiveness, uh, especially on puck battles with a kid like Avery and he's got a real knack around the net as, uh, as his 41 goals would prove, but, uh, and a big time player. Like, I mean, he's, uh, you know, we see him in game seven he's, uh, you know, making some plays and scoring those big goals. So doesn't shy away from the moment. Not one bit. Uh, I should ask you about Ryan Winterton a, a little bit as well, uh, drafted by the Seattle Kraken, uh, and, uh, has a, uh, he's more than a point per game a guy in the playoffs for you as well in, in this season. He only had 37 games in the regular season, uh, a little bit banged up at, at one point. Yeah, I had an injury. Ryan had an injury uh, coming out of training camp. Um, and, uh, you know, it was one of those ones that uh, it, it was going to take take a while. We took our time with it. He and the, uh, Ryan put in all the work to get himself back to uh, full health and been terrific for us in the lineup now. I mean, uh, what a great prospect that uh, – Seattle got so late as a third rounder. And a lot of that's due to COVID, obviously. But Ryan had a chance to go and play at the U18s um, for Team Canada and win a gold medal. And the one thing, Ryan's always been an offensive guy. He played center uh, growing up and, and got him on the wing. And he can really he can really create offense. He can really skate. Um, but I think the one thing that was most impressive and really helped his development was when he went to the U18s, he played on a, in a third and fourth type of line, uh, type of checking role. Um, and I think that was a real nice step for him to be able to round out his game. So uh, um, I think just a terrific NHL prospect that Seattle got. Uh, you have five uh, players on your roster right now that have NHL ties. I, I'm guessing, that, and we mentioned a couple guys who probably get drafted next month, at least a couple. Who doesn't get enough attention on your team? Who's who's maybe flying under the radar that uh, fans, when they tune in, are, are going to be, uh, he's going to catch their eye? Well, we have a few of them. I mean, uh, Donovan being a 17-year-old, I think, is somebody to watch. Um, you know, he's really starting to, to round out his game and develop, and I think NHL teams are are uh, are, are getting uh, pretty high on, on uh, Jorian. Um, also, one player is Patrick Thomas, and, uh, you know, uh, as a 17-year-old, he's playing up with uh, on the top lines because he's a really good puck distributor, really good along the walls, and um, not the most flashy of players, but uh, a real worker and uh, a real depth ability to make plays in small areas. So those are the two I think that jump out. Um, Mark Duart, who is a 14th round pick in our league, uh, who's become, uh, you know, he play, you know, plays on our wing and, and can play in all situations, really good on the penalty kill, a good skater. And one of those great stories, Hamilton Kidd, who was a 14th round pick and been a really impactful player on our roster. Maybe not so much on the offensive side of things and the numbers, but certainly a, 
uh, a workhorse for us. So those three in particular. Okay, we'll watch for them. Uh, now I know you said it was. It's been a quick turnaround since uh, you finished off in the OHL, and, and before you start, you actually play Monday night in the uh, tournament opener against St. John. What do you know about the three teams that you're going to meet? Uh, I, I imagine it's been a quite the cram session here in the last little bit. <laughs> well, I, I know that they're all elite. That's uh, that's the great thing about the Memorial Cup. Uh, um, no, we're really looking forward to it. I just I think this is such a special tournament, such a special. Uh, uh, event for uh, for our our game right across the country, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to that. As far as knowing the teams, I, like I said, the coaches are digging into some video right now, I'm trying to get a good gauge of their personnel first of all, and then style of play. And uh, um, you know, I believe we'll, like most teams will probably put the focus on on uh, how we execute our game plan. Um, you know, and uh, enjoy it. I think the one thing that I want our players to do is there's this is our my second go around on it. And uh, again, such an incredible event, such celebration of our game across the country at this level. It's, uh, it's something to, uh, to enjoy. Uh, lastly, and I'm, I'm sure this, I'm, well, maybe it is, but I don't think it's your department. But when it comes to the uniforms that you're, you're going to wear at the tournament, your yellow with the black stripes, uh, I, I think, is one of the best uniforms in junior hockey. Uh, personal request: Can you wear those at one point uh, during the tournament? <laughs> I don't think we can. Oh. We have to request... Uh, you, you know what we do you have to put your jersey uh uh types that you're going to wear through the playoffs at the beginning of the playoffs and there's no deviating from that unfortunately uh, so no alternates for anybody except for st john on opening night uh I, I believe that's the case yes oh too bad those are sharp all right yeah. well steve i appreciate your time uh, best of luck at the tournament uh, it should be a fun one we'll be all watching across the country thanks you appreciate it that's Steve Steos of the Hamilton Bulldogs, a former OHLer himself, a Niagara Falls Thunder for uh, two and a half years before ending his OHL career with the Sudbury Wolves. Played for the Boston Bruins, the Vancouver Canucks, the Atlanta Thrashers, where he was the captain uh, before he was uh, traded to the Edmonton Oilers, played there for a number of years, and uh, wrapped things up with the Calgary Flames and uh, 65 games one season with the New York Islanders. Not the first time that Steve Steos has been on the Pipeline Show, but it's been uh, a few years, actually. I think he was on in 2017. So good to see him uh, sticking it out with the Hamilton Bulldogs in his uh, hometown and uh, now taking them to the Memorial Cup. And uh, that should be a fun team to watch. Uh, really powerful. That is a juggernaut of a winning streak going from December to the OHL final without uh, tasting defeat. For them to lose the first game of the OHL final, I imagine that was an uncomfortable feeling and a, and a strange feeling for a lot of the guys in the room who hadn't uh, lost for so long. Uh, but they were able to regroup and uh, ended up winning a seven-game series. And I think that adversity could bode well for them getting to the Memorial Cup. We've got one more guest to go on this week's show, and that will be Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. Wanted a, an outside perspective on uh, what to expect at the Memorial Cup including predictions. That's next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. St. Croix just off the bench. He'll cut around a Royal along the side boards. Back for Sautner. Corbett wants the puck. One-time shot. Scores! Cody Corbett's first Western Hockey League goal, a one-timer. It's 2-1 Edmonton. It's Cody Corbett here from the Memorial Cup, and we're, uh, we're number one in the nation, baby. Then you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Beaver 
Since 1965, Wilhawk Beef Jerky has provided fresh, top-quality beef jerky made with 100% Alberta beef. From your very first bite, you'll understand that real jerky isn't found at the convenience store. It's tender, full of flavor, with just a hint of subtle spices. Wilhawk's jerky is aged, seasoned, and marinated to lock in the flavors, and then smoked to perfection. Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It might just be the best you've ever tasted. Try for yourself. Search W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. I heard about that thing on the AM radio. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. We're going to wrap up this week's uh, Memorial Cup preview in uh, fine fashion uh, as we're going to be joined uh, momentarily by Ryan Kennedy of the Hockey News. A uh, quick reminder, WilhawkBeefJerky.com. It's the best beef jerky you've ever had, and you can get it. Anywhere in Western Canada, just go to that website, W-I-L-H-A-U-K, WilhawkBeefJerky.com. All right, as we bring in Ryan Kennedy, who's down in Colorado right now uh, covering the Stanley Cup playoffs, but we're going to talk a little Memorial Cup. Welcome back to the program, Ryan. How are things? Things are great. Thanks uh, for having me back again. No problem. Uh, do you, are you going to get to uh, St. John at all, or I guess uh, the Stanley Cup takes a little precedence right now? Indeed it does. Yeah, we're going to have somebody else at the Memorial Cup, uh, so pretty excited about that. But uh, as for me, yep, I am following the NHL right now back and forth. All right, but you know the uh, the four teams that are uh, playing in St. John, maybe we'll start with the hosts. And I, I think it's fair to say all four of these teams uh, have the, the ability to win the Memorial Cup, but... The hosts always uh, seem to be in the thick of things, and uh, this uh, this year the they get knocked out in the first round of the the playoffs. But they've got a lot of rest, uh, and uh, some would say maybe that uh, gives them a lot of rust. Uh, how do you see it for St. John? Well, I think this is going to be fascinating to see uh, how the Sea Dogs respond to their coach Gordy Dwyer being fired mm-hmm. right after they lost that uh, that first round series. So they're coming in with a brand new coach, somebody who hasn't coached major junior before uh, or at least in decades um, that's going to be fascinating uh, having said that you know this was a team that was built to win the memorial cup they knew they were hosts um, you know a, a lot of 19 year olds um, you know not necessarily a big draft year for the sea dogs but obviously you know they have other priorities mm-hmm. um, tons of firepower led by william Dufour. you know josh lawrence had a great year as well it's a deep team and you know if if they can get over that first round loss and and realize that they have this tremendous second chance because they are hosts uh, we've certainly seen it happen before i mean the windsor spitfires uh did it on home ice after losing to london in the first round a few years ago so if they if they use the time properly this doesn't necessarily have to be a bad omen and and that, to me, is the, the key to the Sea Dogs here, is how they react to not only the first-round loss, but that extended time away from competitive hockey. It's oddly similar to 2012. Shawinigan won it that year as the host, but we're not the, the Q champion. Uh, St. John was the Q champ, uh, played in the uh, tournament in 2012. And the Edmonton Oil Kings were also there in uh, 2012. So you got three of the same four teams uh, involved in the tournament this year. Uh, you you mentioned the uh, the coaching change. Gardner McDougall is the new head coach who's been at the University of New Brunswick for the last two decades, basically, and has helped the uh, the V Reds to uh, a number of 
uh, U Sport National Championship. So I guess that's the connection is that he's got national championship experience, but as you mentioned, no major junior experience. And to me, that's uh, that's an interesting decision to go with a guy who's not coached this age group before. Very true, and I, you know, very different situations. And you know, if you look at U Sports, obviously the bulk of the players used to play yep. uh, major junior hockey, but it's it's a totally different scenario. And uh, what I will say in McDougal's credit is I have gone to coaching seminars where, you know, they will have NHL coaches as sort of the keynote speakers, but McDougal has also been one of those keynote speakers. So people do want to know his input. They want to learn from him and, and all the experience he has over the years. So he's got that going for him. But in terms of just the X's and O's of major junior of dealing with, teenagers versus guys that are 23 24 years old uh, that's going to be fascinating all right well william dufour had a heck of a season 116 points in 66 games drafted by the new york islanders they've got a a number of other offensive guys josh lawrence another guy who had 100 points but it drops down to ryan francis with 65 after that so are they a little top heavy with their talent in your opinion or is it just a case of guys maybe joining them a little bit late in the season and and uh, so those totals uh, as uh, members of the Sea Dogs, aren't quite up to snuff. Yeah, I mean, I think they have some decent depth there, and, and Ryan Francis is certainly an exciting player. Um, you know, I, I would also look at their decor, guys like Jeremy Poirier and William Villeneuve, uh, that, you know, they weren't quite point-per-game players, but, you know, 57 points, 56 points each. So, you know, the firepower is there, and, I mean, really, they they need other guys to step up. You know, a, a guy like Peter Reynolds was somebody that you know, we were at least talking about during his draft year. He didn't end up uh, getting selected, but you know, this is a player that had a pretty good pedigree coming into the queue. Um, so you know, there are options there, and you know, you look at Cam McDonald, a, a late round pick of the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's another player that was definitely on the radar. Uh, during his draft season and you know the production wasn't there a lot this year 34 points in 67 games Um, basically in line what he did as a rookie he had 17 points in 30 games so you know you're looking at these guys I I will say you know they have some decent size in guys like McDonald and uh, and and obviously uh, Dufour uh, you know six foot three 204 pounds I mean that's pretty great uh, for, for Major Junior so They've got weapons, and I think the key is obviously going to be, you know, can they put it together? Well, and you mentioned the the age group of this uh, this team. There's, I think, 17 guys who, you know, of that group, three of them can return next year because uh, they're they're definitely all in this season. When you look at the goaltenders, they got two guys who have played in the playoffs. Both of them are listed at 5'10", uh, which is a, a little bit different style of goaltender than uh, what they'll see with the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, Thomas Couture is the guy that they've gone – so far in the playoffs with, now they only played in the first round. Uh, what do you make of their goaltending? Well, I have said this time and again, uh, if you want to win a championship, you got to have size in net. And uh, we've seen this, I've seen it specifically with the Memorial Cup as well, where a smaller goaltender can take you very far, but eventually you're going to run into a team with shooters that will go over your shoulder. And we've seen it at the World Juniors. We've seen it at the Memorial Cup. We've seen it at the Frozen Four. I, it's just a personal thing with me. You, you got to have size. So that definitely 
is something that concerns me when it comes to the Sea Dogs. All right, let's move on to Shawinigan, the uh, the champs out of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, and uh, they've only got four players who have been drafted, but uh, two of them at least uh, pretty significant players this year. Maverick Bork, who had a hell of a season, Xavier Borgo as well right there. Uh, what do you make of the Shawinigan Cataract? Well, they were kind of like the cardiac kids this year. Uh, very fun. Uh, you know, a bit of an underdog overall in the playoffs. So really good to see them get their first title ever in the queue. You know, that's such a fantastic junior market there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, Maverick Bork, uh, you know, he is the driver, the Dallas Stars first rounder. Um, you know, the the chemistry that, that he's had over the years uh, with Xavier Borgo is amazing. But it's interesting because when Bork was, was injured in the past, Borgo showed uh, that he could indeed produce without him. So that's a good thing, uh, you know, if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, is to know that Borgo is not just a product of somebody else. You know, he is in his own right uh, a devastating uh, goal scorer and, and, and offensive player. And then, you know, on top of those guys, Olivier Nadeau, uh, the Buffalo Sabres pick, he had a fantastic year. This is a guy that the Sabres got in the fourth round. He actually led the Cataracts in scoring. So, yeah, a lot of great firepower up front uh, for the Cataracts. They're well coached and, you know, not as old as the Sea Dogs, but they've, they've really just so, sort of put something together in the playoffs. And uh, there's something to be said about momentum and, and just building. And I, I think with Shawinigan, they're just in a really good headspace right now. And it's, it's going to be very fun to see, you know, if they can keep going. They were the lower seed against the Quebec Rampart and uh, beat them in five games. And they were the lower seed against Charlottetown and quite frankly, were dominated in, in some of those games by the Islanders badly outshot in three or four of those uh, games yet. They still won. Do you think they've kind of embraced the, uh, the underdog uh, role that they might be given here? I mean, I would, if I were them, yeah. you, know, you know, you talk about sports psychology and any sort of edge you can give yourself when you're going through a, a playoff run and, and now a tournament like the Memorial Cup, it's, it's, so, it's, it's such a great advantage to say, like, nobody believed in us but us. You know, it's just, it, it's just these guys in the room, you know, our fans at home. And, yeah, I mean, the Memorial Cup is it's a tricky tournament because if you don't get off to a good start, you might just be done. So for them to be rolling right now and saying, you know, let's keep pushing this. I, I think it's a bit of an advantage for them because, I mean, they're playing with house money, let's face it. What do you make of their goaltending? I, I expect both of them will see uh, a game at least uh, at the Memorial Cup. Antoine Coulomb has been their guy for the most part in the playoffs, but uh, Charles Antoine Lavalier has been very good for them as well this season. But neither are drafted goaltenders. They don't have that pedigree that uh, at least Sebastian Cosa has. Uh, coming into the tournament, but what do you make uh, of their goaltending overall? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because Lavalli has the size at, at six foot three. Coulomb's just a, a six footer, which is a little bit troublesome. Um, he's right, kind of on the cusp there. Uh, I, for me, I'm more comfortable with at least kind of six one. I'd prefer six two. Uh, but having said that, uh, you know, tons of experience there, and you know, the fact that you have kind of a one A one B scenario. Is uh, is a bit of a luxury, uh, particularly at this time of, of year, and you know, with that Memorial Cup schedule, where you know you you are playing games on a, a pretty good clip, and and you know, I mean, we're we're heading into 
almost uh, July here. Uh, it's a long season, even for teenagers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think uh, I, I like it better than the Sea Dog situation. Um, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say that that's my favorite goaltending situation in the tournament. All right, we're halfway through. Uh, let's go to the Western Hockey League champion, Edmonton Oil Kings. It's the team I'm uh, closest to and know the most about. But uh, I want to get your take as a, a guy from outside the market. When you look at the Oil Kings, what stands out to you? Well, it's it's the high-end skill, right? And, you know, the Oil Kings have been one of, if not the uh, sort of team to watch recently in terms of NHL prospects and that high-end, you know, led by guys like Sebastian Kosa, Dylan Gunther, Jake Neighbors, you know, uh, adding Justin Surtif, you know, uh, Simone Kubitschek, uh, a very good international player. Um, you know, on the back end, you've got Caden Gooley, you've got Luke Prokop. Like, I, I personally really like how the, the Oil Kings, and, and part of that is kind of a bias towards NHL prospects, but... Mm-hmm. You know, you, you talk about kind of peaking uh, at the right time. They've really kind of put things together. And, you know, for me, it's it's kind of fun to watch a guy like Luke Prokop, who obviously was acquired um, from Calgary. You know, looking back at draft preview from a couple of years ago, looking at what scouts were saying about Luke Prokop, it really was a, a matter of, okay, well, this kid's got size, he can move, there's something there, like he's building something up. And, you know, at the time, like many of his draft cohorts, uh, you know, still a bit raw, but you could you could see the product. And this year, we have seen the product, you know, loud and clear, you know, the potential of this kid. And it's it's just so fun to see a prospect mature into a place where he's taken the steps. And now, you know, along with a guy like Hayden Gooley, who was a bit, you know, higher rated, obviously as a first rounder uh, in his, in his draft year, you know, those guys, I mean, they could do so much out there for you. And it's, it's such, uh, you know, an advantage for the oil Kings to be able to trot those two out, uh, you know, kind of as much as they want. So, uh, you know, I, I think the oil Kings are, probably the most exciting team in terms of an NHL potential. And, you know, I mean, we'll get to uh, the Hamilton and the, the firepower they have uh, soon after, but yeah, just in terms of entertainment value, I think the oil Kings are a very strong team, but they're also a very fun team. It's uh, about a, a quarter of team Canada from the world junior championship here on the oil Kings roster. They got five guys who played at the world junior uh, for Canada and could return for the, uh, the revamped World Junior this summer uh, that'll be back here in Edmonton again. Uh, plus Jakob Demek, who also played in the tournament, but uh, for his country of, of Slovakia. So they've got a lot of depth uh, and uh, high-end uh, uh, skill as well. Uh, with Kosa, we, we've talked about the other goaltenders in the tournament. You said you like size. They don't get much bigger than uh, Sebastian Kosa. He's 6'6.5 6. or something like that. Uh, what do you make about him when you've seen him this year? Well, I mean, I love Kosa. Uh, loved him last year, and yeah, I mean, this is the kind of guy you want in net. And again, you know, like Memorial Cup success and NHL success aren't necessarily linked. Uh, but having said that, you know, Kosa, he's got the reps, and you know, again, he's got the size, he's got the poise. This is the sort of player where 
if you need a big performance when you're in that semifinal or, or even you know in that final, that's the kind of guy you can rely on. Like this is a guy that can steal a game for you. This is a guy that you know if you just need him to make sure that that next goal does not go in, he gives you that comfort. So yeah, I'm I'm incredibly high in Kosa. Um, I, I think he was a fantastic prospect in his draft year, and he's already you know beginning to show uh why that was he's continuing to mature as a player and uh yeah looking real solid big big game goaltender as well two nothing shutout in the final game against seattle to uh wrap up the western hockey league championship all right one more team to get to that would be the hamilton bulldogs out of the the ontario hockey league um obviously there's some star power on this club as well mason mctavish probably the marquee guy uh, but what a heck of a season for Logan Morrison as well. Um, tell me about the, the Bulldogs for uh, for a lot of fans who might be listening to this who haven't had a chance to watch them play. Yeah, um, you know, very interesting team where they do have those high-end elements, guys like McTavish, Jan Mishak, the, the Montreal Canadiens pick, uh, you know, Ryan Winterton, the Seattle pick is very interesting as well. But what's impressed me the most about the Bulldogs is just that team game they've played uh, that defensive game they have their their defense core it's it's not very sexy necessarily in terms of prospects but it's just super solid and it's veteran and you know a, a kid like Nathan Steos whose dad is obviously Steve Steos um, you know he really stepped up this year and you know a, again we're, we're not always talking about guys that are going to be surefire NHLers but for the purposes of you know winning this tournament. I mean, they're they're tough on defense. You got guys like Arbor Jekash, uh, who used to play for the Kitchener Rangers, acquired from the Kitchener Rangers, uh, signed by the the Montreal Canadiens, the free agent. You know, Artem Grushnikov, the the Dallas Stars pick. Like, it's not an easy decor to play against. And you know, they they use that to their advantage. Uh, they have you know a veteran goalie in Marco Constantini, who you know. Again, you know, going back to the size thing, and I know I, I kind of harp on this. Six mm-hmm. one, uh, it's sort of like okay, six one, good enough. You know, he's had a fantastic season, really held them in. You know, this is a team that did not lose a game until the final OHL series against the Windsor Spitfires, and and sometimes that can work against you, and it almost did. I mean, the Spitfires pushed them as far as they could, but I think that little bit of adversity at the end was probably a good thing for the Bulldogs because you, you do need to lose a little bit along the way just to make sure you, you're focused for the end goal. Uh, Ryan, I, I think the 2022 draft is going to see a lot of uh, guys who have been uh, overage guys who who will get drafted. Uh, Logan Morrison, even Avery Hayes with a 79-point season, 41 goals. Uh, both guys who are 19 years old, uh, I could see both of those guys getting drafted. Uh, what have you uh, seen from them when you've watched the Bulldogs play this year? Well, uh, you know, these are players that are just really coming into their own. And, you know, it's interesting because, again, you know, the OHL was the only of the three CHL circuits that did not play mm-hmm. in 2020-21 uh, due to provincial government regulations and, and protocols. So, you know, for a lot of these guys, you know, not only did they miss a whole year of development, but in some cases they missed a whole year of exposure so for Logan Morrison, for example, you're looking at a guy that had 45 points in his second season, and then the next year gets wiped out. He goes up to 100. So, I mean, obviously, you know, this is a player that 
um, you know, teams have to keep an eye on uh, just in terms of the growth he's been able to have. Same thing with Avery Hayes. You know, goes from 29 points in 2019-20 to 79 this year. It's really kind of heartening to see that a lot of these players, and you know, and this goes for the Wyatt Johnstons of the world, the Shane Wrights of the world. You know, for them to make sure that they stayed on top of their development of you know their conditioning, their strength during that year off. Um, you know, I think it's fantastic because, you know, now they put themselves in a position where, okay, yeah, you lost a year, maybe you're a little bit behind the curve, but it could have been so much worse. And so, you know, specifically guys like Morrison and Hayes, they're putting themselves in a position where, yeah, teams are going to notice when you help drive your team all the way to the Memorial Cup. And if they win it, even better. You got three league champions and a uh, veteran uh, club with St. John who are hosting. Uh, give me your prediction. Who who comes away? Maybe who's in the final and who ends up winning it all? I'm gonna say it is a. I'm I'm going kind of chalk here, and then I'll say it's gonna be a Hamilton, Edmonton final, and because the Memorial Cup is unpredictable, I'm gonna say that the Bulldogs win. And it's going to be a low-scoring affair. Interesting. I think, yeah, one game, one game final where anything can happen. I think it's it's easier to destroy than it is to create. So I'm (laughs) I'm thinking maybe it's like a three-two final, something in that range, maybe even lower. But that's that. There's my. there's my prediction. All right. And an MVP, is it going to be an unheralded guy? Or if it's Hamilton, are you thinking Mason McTavish? Yeah, I think it'll probably be Mason McTavish. Uh, he's got the name recognition. Yeah. He's got the firepower. You know, he's he's got that physicality and that drive that he's going to make his presence known. So I think that's a, that's a pretty safe pick there. I like that. Ryan, I appreciate your time. What do you got coming up at the Hockey News? Well, draft preview is on uh, newsstands now or, or just coming out, depending on uh, how honest your uh, postman <laughs> is. Uh, and it's, it's honestly, it looks fantastic. Uh, our art department did a great job. There's some amazing features in there, some of which I didn't even write. Um, so, I, I'm a, I mean, I'm always super proud of draft preview, and I love just leafing through it myself. So, uh, yeah, That's- go out and grab that it's a must get every year ryan uh, terrific to catch up once again thanks for doing this no problem thanks for having me all right and there you have it that's ryan kennedy of the hockey news with uh, his take on what will ex- what we should expect at the memorial cup this year he's picking the hamilton bulldogs over the edmonton oil kings in the final now i said at the start of the show in the opening segment that i'd give you my predictions uh, here in the uh, final segment It's not going to surprise anyone that I'm picking the uh, Oil Kings. However, breaking news, since I've talked to all of the GMs and after I spoke with Ryan Kennedy, it was announced, uh, at least the news came out on Twitter, via beat reporter Craig Morgan from the uh, Phoenix Sports, who uh, covers the Phoenix Coyotes. Anyway, he reported that uh, Dylan Gunther has been ruled out of the Memorial Cup for the Edmonton Oil Kings. He didn't play for most of the series against the Seattle Thunderbirds. I think it was game two uh, he left early in. 
uh, and did not return to that series, and that's why we saw a uh, number of uh, line combination changes in that series against the uh, the Thunderbirds. The Old Kings still found a way to prevail in that uh, series without, arguably, their most dangerous single uh, forward. I mean, he's led the team in scoring this year, so I don't think that's a stretch to, to say. Uh, however, that said, the Old Kings are a very, very deep team. They have, you know, even without Gunther, they still have seven drafted players, still four other members of Team Canada on the team. And some guys have uh, stepped up their game. I still don't think we've seen the best of Jalen Lipen just yet uh, through the WHL playoffs in an event like this. Maybe that brings out the best in him. But guys like Carson Golder and uh, Tyler Horseman, these are depth players who uh, have raised the level of their game here in the postseason. Luke Prokop playing the best game uh, we've seen from him as an oil king once the postseason got going, and he was good during the regular season too. I'm still going to take the Oil Kings. I think they have the best goaltender by far in the tournament, and that's not to suggest the other guys can't get it done. But you know, one team has a goaltender who was taken top ten in the NHL draft, and he's six foot seven. The other goalies, none of them are drafted. They're all around six, six one. Both goalies at St. John are probably likely to dress are listed at five ten. So I think that is a big advantage for the Oil Kings going into this. Is their net mining? Defensively, it seems like every team's got one guy who they think is the best guy in the CHL. You know, whether it's Hamilton with Arbor Jacki or a Poirier with uh, St. John. Uh, but but people out here would give you uh, Caden Gooley as the best player uh, in the the best defenseman in the league. Although he didn't na- win best defenseman in the league, that went to Olin Zellweger uh, of the Everett Silvertips, also a very very good defenseman. But I still think it's the depth, the offensive scoring depth of the Oil Kings that will. Uh, be the difference maker in the end. Now, who are they going to play in the final? I want to say Hamilton, because I, I do think they are the next best team. However, I'm looking at the the host, the St. John Sea Dogs, who have had all this rest. They do make a coaching change. There are definitely lots of question marks with St. John, but the host has played in the last three finals at the Memorial Cup. So I think there is an advantage there to being a host. And they are an older team, 17 players who are 2002 or 2001 born. They've only got three of those guys. But 17 players who might be playing pro next year, or at least not back in St. John. Three of them could return, but that's it. So this is definitely a uh, an older team. I haven't looked it up, but I, I, I would guess they're probably the oldest team in the tournament. All the Oak Kings do have a lot of older players as well. So I think that's... From that perspective, there are reasons to think St. John could be there. But Hamilton's got the high-end star power as well. And their goaltender, although not a drafted guy and not huge, has been very good. Marco Constantini, he's, I mean, he's got a 9.13 and a 2.29 goals against average here in 19 games in the playoffs. That's pretty good. And the Shawinigan Cataract, I think, are just relishing that to some degree, I think most people are, are picking Edmonton and Hamilton, so they are kind of coming in under the radar, yet they're the champs in the queue. They were the lower seed in the last two series they played. I think they're relishing the the role of being the underdog, about, of kind of coming in under the radar. Will it be enough to surprise some of these other clubs? I'm not sure. But uh, for the record, I am going to take Edmonton to win, and my head is telling me Hamilton, but I just... I think I'm going to take St. John just to be different. I'm going to take Edmonton and St. John in the final uh, with the Oil Kings winning. Now, who who will be the MVP of the tournament? I'll give you one for each team. How about that? Uh, if it's the... Well, I'll start with Edmonton. 
And I'll, I'll go with Sebastian Kosa because I, I do think he will see shots in this tournament. There were a series in the dub uh, where he didn't see a lot of action, but I think in the big games when he did see more uh, shots, he rose to the occasion, and I think that'll be the case here in the Memorial Cup as well. So I'm going to go with Sebastian Kosa as the MVP if it's the Oil Kings. And it's, it's hard not to just take the leading scorer from each team. Like with St. John, it'd be easy to say William Dufour. I'm going to go with Jeremy Poirier. And Shawinigan, of, of course, everybody is going to be looking at Maverick Bork. That's 68 points in 31 games. Why wouldn't you think Maverick Bork is going to be their guy? I'll go with Xavier Borgo. Had 36 goals this year in, 40, in 43 games, rather. And has uh, continued that in the postseason. 12 goals in the uh, playoffs in the queue in just 16 games. Uh, I'll go with uh, Xavier Borgo. And maybe that's an Edmonton Oilers connection here in Edmonton. Although that's not my team. They're in my backyard. So uh, maybe I'm uh, keeping an extra eye out for Xavier Borgo. But uh, he'll be my pick for Shawinigan. And with the Hamilton Bulldogs, uh, I will take Logan Morrison. Yes, I know he was their leading scorer. But I think everybody is going to be thinking Mason McTavish will be the guy to lead them uh, to playoff success and Memorial Cup success. And that's very reasonable. I, I, I'm just going to pick somebody else. And I'm going to go with Logan Morrison because he's uh, led the team in scoring here in the playoffs. He actually has 10 points more than Mason McTavish in the postseason. So uh, I'm going to go with him. So those are my picks, but I got Edmonton winning the Memorial Cup. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you think of my predictions, what yours are. And uh, we can continue the conversation at TPS underscore Gee. All right, you can hear the music. That means it is time for me to wrap it up. Thanks to everyone who has been signing up to be a patron here as of late. Uh, really appreciate the support. You go to patreon.com slash the pipeline show and you can get early access to all the interviews that you hear on a full episode. And uh, that, that support, it costs a couple of bucks a month, but that support really helps me uh, and I appreciate it greatly. All right, the Memorial Cup starts on Monday. Between now and next week, get out there and watch some junior hockey if you can see it live and if not watch it on tv so you and i can talk about it next week right here on the pipeline show brought to you by wilhock beef jerky my name's keith flaming see ya